0: Right here on Monday night,
1: Show. you want a war? You're gonna get one. You fans can
0: stick it,
1: brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. I-
2: Welcome to the 75th Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones, hear me out, G John Chase, what? and Kieran O'Rourke. Kieran O'Balk very sad at the outcome of UFC 196 I don't want to talk about it we have a completely different subject we're going to broach a lot of fun, upbeat memories from a fantastic time in the business, we are of course referring to the Monday Night War timeline that we're returning to this week, Uh, we are doing the second part of 1998 this week, covering March and April uh, in WWF and WCW, as always we have notes from the Wrestling Observer newsletters of the time period if you haven't heard any of our previous timeline shows you can of course go back to the archives at SquaredCircleGazette.com where we archive every show that we've ever done uh, of course you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com scgradio or subscribe to us on iTunes to make sure you never miss a show uh, just a quick programming note for next week however we are going to be doing the first of what we hope will be a little mini-series of a uh, wrestling room 101 as uh, suggested to us by Air Raid on the UK fan form and we're going to kick it off next week with wrestlers specifically we're doing categories next week will be wrestlers so uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the show uh, overseas room 101 of course refers to the vault that uh, you would like uh, something to disappear into forever to never be seen again Suggest one person that you would like us to uh, induct into Wrestling's Room 101 uh, and justify your reasons as to why, and we'll talk about them next week. Can you do...
3: Is this from now? Or maybe, say, you, you want them to go in from this point in time?
2: Yeah, whatever, whatever suit. You be flexible with it, uh, loyal listeners. You, uh, you you, string this one along. But uh, with that said, let's move along now to March and April, 98, Monday Night War. A lot of stuff to talk about here. A couple of uh, rather random things in the Wrestling Observer newsletters, uh in the first week of March apparently the WWF attempted to negotiate a three show deal with Mike Tyson which all dates will take place before his boxing return in July which uh, obviously didn't come to pass but interesting now, of course they wanted more Tyson after the uh, the apparent success they got they are still of course losing in the ratings at this point uh, at the end of February but WWF is of course gaining some traction with the Tyson
1: interest And it shows they're clearly not concerned by the negative press they got from their initial involvement with Tyson that was referenced by Meltzer a few, uh, few weeks prior
2: absolutely uh, Matt Bloom one of the wrestlers in the doy funk camp may be given the gimmick as the son of George Steele doing an updated animal gimmick in the WWF which an idea which only, is slight- enough. only slightly worse than Tenzai slightly I'm not sure actually I think that's probably yeah. a tie bit of a toss up
1: yeah, yeah the, the Matt Bloom scale the George, <laughs> George Animal Steel knock off to Lord Tenzi with Prince Albert somewhere in the middle
2: in an interview with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Goldberg said the original idea for him was to be named The Hybrid of course uh, blending the uh, MMA and wrestling styles which was, as you mentioned before the idea with Goldberg was as is, is their kind of self-created Ken Shamrock shooter type and uh, I guess that kind of lends to that
1: it's funny he says there that that was the original I- idea almost suggesting it was that was what was proposed to him whereas he said in interviews since that that's pretty much what he came up with Cause he couldn't think of anything so it was just why don't you just call me the hybrid or something
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> ah, interesting little take we of course move now to the first Raw and Nitro of this period of time March 2nd and uh, we can talk about Raw first because in the biggest news on the show Mike Tyson joins the Generation X a great situation where uh, Sean Michaels calls out Tyson and they, 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 they go up they're going to do the fight of course Shawn's injured here but uh, and he looks fine as he's doing this pull apart yeah. the, 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 the face off with Tyson rips off the shirt that great like two seconds that everyone starts to realise what's actually going on and then like kind of
3: <gasps> yeah Tyson turns and the crowd sees the shirt and yeah yeah and then crotch, they go with it
2: crotch chops everywhere he holds up the X signs of the camera and stuff like that yeah Tyson appears to be having the time of his life and at this stage probably fits wrestling uh, better than boxing anyway says Malta so yeah this this was a uh, this felt much more natural than the baby facing of Tyson they tried to do early on his his name was getting booed when it, when they would bring it up anyway in in February
1: it it makes much more logical sense because. Tyson, even at his peak in the boxing ring, was always a polarizing figure. You know, he was—he was never this this sort of beloved character. So it is a much more natural fit.
0: Well, and also just, just more obvious from the fact that the that the money angle is obviously like a, a Tyson Austin head to head, really. So it just kind of makes sense that they, they 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 heal him up and put him with the bad guys to you know to create the, the the odds against uh, Austin. It just kind of just makes sense, really. Oh well,
3: yeah, absolutely. That first week when I when he they brought him in, like. Mm. Sean was completely shunted out of the way, and it was Tyson and Austin. Are they going to fight? What's going to happen to them? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the most natural thing in the world to do.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, on this show, after uh, Jeff Jarrett kind of fobbed off the NWA angle, the struggling NWA angle, Tennessee Lee debuts and in intros. Double J. So, yes, J E Double F. Ha 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 is back. <laughs> Thoughts on this because this is a. Uh, this felt like Jeff was at shit creek for a while here. <sighs> the, 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 going back to the country singer thing and. Just, I completely forgot about him. Watching it back, it's like, oh for fuck's sake!
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was great in '95. What are you oh, talking God about?
3: God. He was. It was a '95 character in this changing promotion.
2: He was so out of place. Yeah.
3: And it's like, oh, God, no one gives a shit. No,
2: no, no one did. He comes out on his little horse. <laughs> yeah, the horse was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The oh, main oh. event of this was supposed to be Kane versus Steve Austin, which, of course, ends in a bait and switch. Uh, it was a non match. Austin goes to the ring, but while he's on the ramp, he goes after Triple H, who's uh, standing there for the distraction. And uh, he gets suckered with a super kick by Shawn Michaels and solves it like he's been shot. Oh, yeah. This the only time anyone's ever noticed
3: Triple H in this period. <laughs> so, well done, sh- well done, Steve.
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously, the, the setup of this is, of course, Kane. Kane's left in the ring and uh, Undertaker returns and uh, challenges Kane for Wrestlemania so the long build up since Bad Blood in October the match is finally announced here
0: Hansak I thought he said he would never face his brother
2: well he he, he did get burned in the coffin of course at the Royal Rumble and was presumed dead but is back here to challenge him for a catch as catch can encounter (laughs) at uh, Wrestlemania (laughs) over on Nitro WCW counters uh, with this week's version of the greatest tag team match in wrestling history Sting and Randy Savage against Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall uh, of course we're still doing the Hogan Savage dissension here in the NWO no attention really on Sting and Hall; Hogan and Savage is the complete focus and of course it's a run in DQ finish so
0: uh, get used to that folks I, I, they're already used to it I'm following this Yeah. I, think
1: so. I feel like we've seen this before
2: uh, Bret Hart wrestled on television for the first time in more than four months against Brian Adams which also ended in a DQ.
1: Yeah, they're continuing to capitalise on the, what a hot property Bret Hart was, and they signed <laughs> him up. I'm sure that that trip to uh, Canada for a show or a pay-per-view is just around the corner.
2: It's, it's still in the folder, don't worry. They're going to capitalise on it, Carl. I'm sure they will. The NWO came out to present Rick Stein with his official membership into the group. Steiner came out with Ted DiBiase, accepted the shirt, and then turned on the NWO. And then they beat his ass while Ted DiBiase stood there, trying to figure out a way to avoid looking stupid. The Giant came out and powerbombed Kevin Nash at the end of this through a huge pop, and uh, the Giant, just for continuity purposes, was not arrested, uh, which is the angle they include, yeah, this yeah. illegal powerbomb. Uh, also on the show, Bret Hart saves Ric Flair from a uh, Kurt Hennig and Rick Rude attack, after they teased that Bret wouldn't return the favour when uh, Flair had tried to save him the previous week. So they're starting a Bret-Flair alliance after the sold-out match.
0: Well, first off, yeah, the uh, the, the power bomb uh, w- was good. But mainly for the fact that uh, he actually hit it properly on Nash. How fucking fat and, does the giant look
2: by the way? On <laughs> oh, oh, he
0: does. Yeah, oh, he, that, that, he's, that, he's, he's looking d-
1: very ninety nine here. That diet of pizza and milk is yeah. taking its toll.
0: <laughs> um, but also, uh, also probably the one thing that probably like amazed me when he hit that power bomb was the fact that Nash sold it. Like just expecting Nash, just, <laughs> just, just, just expecting like like Nash where you're. There's that, quite a possibility. Maybe in asleep, mm. but because it's Nash. But but the fact that he actually just stayed down for like ages, I was just there going shit. He ain't getting up.
1: Now, be fair, G. He's only a couple of months removed from a heart attack. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. that
0: is a point. Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably didn't want to blow yeah. himself
2: up.
1: That sense of staleness to me, if it wasn't there already, is is just. Overpowering at this point,
2: and I think it's something that we'll probably touch on throughout the course of this I'm, I'm, podcast. I'm sure you're feeling, but, yeah. But
1: to think, you know, we're we just over two months removed from their biggest buy rate in history for their for their biggest feud, and it may as well have never happened. <laughs> uh, Nitro does a 4.8 however a huge
2: number to Raw's 3.8 both numbers huge the combined Monday Night Audience sets another all time record there with uh, I guess that would be what an 8.6 yeah. combined for those two shows so uh, Nitro doing very well and Raw doing the best it has for a long time uh, there's virtually no mainstream acknowledgement for the Tyson DX angle uh, for someone suffering from allegedly severe back injury Michael showed no signs of stiffness of movement says Dave Meltzer uh, and looked physically to be in the same condition he's always in uh, Michael's underwent his third quarter zone shot to his herniated disc five days earlier. Mm. Injury. <laughs> the next day, March 3rd, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Dean Malenko all bumped into Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and Steve Austin at the hotel near the Pittsburgh Airport, and naturally were told what they wanted to hear about their potential to be on top of the cards as heavyweight title contenders. Yeah, I can just imagine that meeting. Vincent McMahon telling Dean Malenko, yeah, you're gonna be a star one day, kid. You'll yeah. be as big as James Bond, kid. <laughs> <laughs> The Disco Inferno was told no more stone-cold stunners as Hogan insisted the move be reserved for the newest NWO Parasite, The Disciple. Oh, here he is.
0: Ed- here he fucking is. Ed Leslie and his buttless chap, <laughs> The fucking booty man.
1: The anthrax attack is here. Oh,
0: God, Hogan's fucking dick holder. <laughs> uh,
2: originally, the WrestleMania Cactus and Chainsaw vs. New Age Outlaws title match was to be a barbed wire match. Uh, it fell apart when viewers' choice decree that objects like barbed wire and cheese graters aren't allowed on pay-per-view and their eye was raised when it was used at No Way Out without their consent. Of course, this being Savio fucking Vega, in your words, G, making the cameo in the eight-man tag. Uh, March 5th, another uh, couple of days later, there was a heated discussion at the Thunder tapings between Benoit and Raven regarding their program. Benoit has had the idea put in his head from many directions, since just about everyone sees it the same way, that Raven and DDP are basically using him to have great matches, but make themselves the main focus of the feud. When the plan was made that Benoit would interject himself in their title match, but wound up being laid out twice, first by Saturn's rings and second by Raven DDTing him, he got very hot in the dressing room, whereupon Raven blamed DDP. Benoit, who's known for keeping to himself and rarely shows signs outwardly of being mad, says Meltzer, Late. asked to be taken out of the mix and just have them do their match on their own. But as it turned out, Benoit just ended up doing the angle as planned. So, uh, turmoil within the mid card ranks, as has been the case for a while now, as we mentioned on the previous timeline. Yeah, we're
1: seeing more and more of that uh, mid card frustration coming yeah. to the fore. And I dare say, something that was only perpetuated by the uh, meeting with Vince.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly, right before. Yeah, Isn't that interesting yeah, yeah. timing? Yeah. yeah. Men's Teo, Dick Togo, the great Dick Togo, and Shoichi Funaki from Michinoku Pro are close to signing WWF deals, so I can only imagine a blistering light heavyweight division is around the corner. Uh, again talking about WCW, the -the behind-the-scenes turmoil exploded over the past week between the Hogan-Bischoff power base and the Nash Hall group that has clearly lost power as it's been phased down during the same period that WCW is doing record business. Neither was at Thunder. The problems have gotten bad enough that Bischoff noted that both were under contract until the end of 2001, and basically if they wanted to quit, as the subject of them getting a release was broached, they couldn't work anywhere else for that length of time. Nash was vehement about not doing the angle on Nitro where the giant power bombed him, but the angle, which was Hogan's idea was done anyway mm-hmm. the original plan was to break up the Wolfpack from the NWO after Starcade which would put Hall and Nash in a top program working against Hogan and Savage but Hogan nixed the plan basically not letting them up to his level saying it wasn't the time to do an internal NWO feud and then he immediately started the feud with Savage and left everyone else with secondary issues. But with Hall and Nash, not to mention Flair, Bret Hart and Lex Luger as well all being off Thunder, and the show being totally based around Hogan and Savage this past week, the show drew a record rating. This solidified Hogan's perception as the guy who drives the ratings and buy rates, and who the company will continue to be built around. So I thought it's an interesting timing there, after you mentioned the staleness of Hogan, you can see why they're going with a pat hand, because things are going up this entire period from January to March when you know the WWF is getting their momentum wcw has been accelerating this entire time too
1: oh you can you can completely understand it and again as we've talked about in the past in in the context of a quote-unquote war as well when you're staying ahead of the competition and you're still doing great business all the while you're seeing WWF start to gain some traction you you naturally would do that why why rock the boat why tempt fate because you're doing good business or, or great business in fact why rock the boat when they're gaining traction why run the risk of potentially running any of your audience over to the competition but the telling thing uh, there to me again was that that was that was due to start after starcade yeah with the feud being hall and nash versus hogan and savage where's sting the newly crowned world champion figure into any of that
0: Yeah. Life, I do believe. it's yeah it's, it's it's almost as if they had no plans past Arcade for their world heavyweight champion how surprising well i'm sure i'm sure hope uh, these guys can work it out between and backstage and not let this leak onto the on-screen product <laughs> uh i'm not sure i'm sure all of them they're can be they're all professional yeah, yeah i'm hoping they could all be professional and they don't try and use this during promos or anything that's man, so pointless
2: <laughs> man <laughs> whether this was just for being caught in the crossfire or for reasons we simply don't know Sean Waltman was given his written release on March 9th with no explanation as to his firing other than Bischoff was trying to send a message to Kevin Ash and Scott Hall his representatives have already approached the WWF about going back so uh, this was Bischoff (laughs) in his hot-headed nature doing a bit of a short-sighted move firing six while he's out with a neck injury an especially classy move yeah well this is Bischoff Bischoff special
0: yeah it's like okay you're not going anywhere until 2001 but I'll fire your buddy yeah so is it not known the reason as to why you fired him oh the, the reason oh, outside is... of just trying to punish Hall and Nash oh that, that okay. was that, that's the that's reason that, <laughs> was, that was it I'm firing you because I hate your friends <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate this them. is where the big boys play <laughs>
3: Was it under the proviso that the, the the injury cycle thing, or was it uh, that you can't? They probably
2: did catch one of the 90-day injury. I that's course. what I remember
3: reading. Death to the other day. I think that's what it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This leads us to March 9th. We're back on television here. Monday Night Raw. It's Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman versus The Rock and Farouk. Uh, Ken Shamrock mm. gets Rock in the ankle lock on the outside after the match, and Farouk doesn't let The Nation help The Rock when he's in the ankle lock. This is a great scene where Rock's on the floor looking up at The Nation, <laughs> screaming for them to help after he tells them, I've got this, boys. He ends up up shit creek, ankle lock's on, and Farouk's like, No, 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 he's got it. <laughs> Just a continuation of The Rock Farouk stuff, which has been really good over yeah, this past that, period. Yeah, that was
1: a really fun sort of pissing contest between the two. we only- <laughs> Only, only escalate as the weeks and months go by.
0: Kind of watching this back now. Obviously, when I first saw it, it was obviously all about the rock. But kind of watching it back now, like yeah, the rock's a star of this. But, but Farooq plays this part really well. He was—he's he's the great straight guy to the comedy that the rock was portraying in this. And totally. um, yeah, it's um, yeah, I like Farooq in it's this. Just that voice. The voice is yeah. perfect
3: for <laughs> <like> this. <laughs> he's, he's the grizzled, grizzled yeah. vet father of the group, and this young upstart. <laughs> yeah. Who is
1: who is this young pisser? Yeah, the was... disappointing father. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
2: Rocky's just fucking magnificent <laughs> this whole time Ridiculous.
1: Uh we have a uh,
2: Shawn Michaels promo at a bar which is uh, curious he's not there in the building he's at home or he's at a bar or wherever the fuck he is uh, which means that the main segment on the show is Steve Austin doing a sit down segment in the ring refusing to let the show go on until Vince comes out because he's pissed about him calling Mike Tyson the baddest man on the planet uh, a month ago Vince, uh, they, they really string this out they've got the, the, the agents coming out they've got security coming Isn't out Jack
1: Lanza sent down yeah Lanza's he...
2: there he just yeah, Vince eventually comes out and uh, there's the great line where Vince is trying to back down and saying it's just a figure of speech and then Austin gives him the finger and says that's a figure of speech I don't like that <laughs> uh, Austin's really confrontational he rips the suit jacket he rips the pocket, rips up, the yeah. pocket <laughs> off his jacket and says do something you yellow bastard it's yeah. just great stuff he goads Vin, Vince
3: when Vince leaves he picks up his pocket
2: as well and carries <laughs> it off <out. Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs> no, um, no path passing at this point. No, is there? no, no path. you Yep, Briscoe, but no path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lanza
2: no and Briscoe, but that's I think it. Slaughter about, makes yeah. a cameo yeah. during this time. but, so but, but all right. it's but, all but falling into place. But lately. Vince is getting booed. He's getting booed. He's so oh, yeah. smarmy as is, the is, is, is yeah. corporate guy as well. He's brilliant. Brilliant. We get a uh, Mike Tyson video promo with Jim Ross on this show. Uh, and again, the, the final, the thing that's teased really is that Steve Austin says he's going to get Triple H in the main event. Uh, he comes down, lays out Savio Vega with a stunner, but Michaels is actually there and hits the super kick for the second week in a row knocks out Steve Austin the super kick.
1: It's just great business. <laughs> it's just when you watch when you watch it today and you know all these things that stuff you sort of pulling what little like what little hair I've got trying to pull that out of my scalp and throw things at the TV and throw profanities at the TV. Whereas you watch this back and you think, This is just great. It's building the fans up into a frenzy. Austin can't get his hands on Sean. Sean's getting one up on him every week. If he's not super kicking him, he's getting Tyson on side. He's got the machine in theory against him because you've got smug Vince. It's all just building up to a crescendo. Everything just makes sense. <laughs> Over on Nitro, we have Rick Flair beating Kurt
2: Hennig by disqualification after an NWO run of course. Uh, Bret Hart makes the save, again saves Nate. Flair was originally supposed to beat Brian Adams, but it's known that in the past, Adams had been complaining about selling for Flair because he didn't think it was believable. So it was switched to Kurt Hennig. So Crush Apparently why feels is, he has Too high standing to sell Why is Crush getting mentioned so much From Ric Flair I know Why is he there? Why is he getting promoted so much On Nitro It's stunning
1: Be- Bearing in mind His last day on the job In Dewey Dewey was just being rolled out By Kane <laughs> rightfully so oh
2: absolutely the main event on this show is uh, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash beating Sting, Randy Savage and the Giants when the Disciple hits the stone cold stunner on Randy Savage and Hogan pins him this is a a show long thing again it's it's the split element here of Hall comes out and backs Hogan Nash comes out to back Hogan they really play it out throughout the course of the show Savage looks for teammates Sting and the Giant from WCW come out all builds to the six man and uh, to the booty man being the cause for your boy Randy
0: Savage taking the fall yeah, just don't remind me. To what Carl was mentioning earlier about um uh Hogan. Even even watching the these shows in like these two month kind of block periods, Hogan's act, the whole NWO act, it gets stale so quickly. I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been for you guys to watch this as like one continuous thing week by week. Because just in two months by the second week of watching this, I'm like I'm fast forwarding through Hogan's stuff. And, and and especially so on this fucking show, because not only does Hogan come out once to cut a promo, then later on Savage comes out to cut a promo about Hogan, then Hogan comes out again to cut a promo about the Savage promo we just saw. And I'm watching this and I'm loading a gun. I'm loading a gun and I'm putting it in my mouth because I'm just saying, like, why am I watching so many of these fuck and I like Savage, but I'm like how why am I watching so many of these promos when we're getting like two, three minute matches? Like like hundreds of them, not a few, hundreds of them during the freaking show, oh, yeah. and yet we're just getting this drawn out, tired ass, cheesy ass, badly uh, performed Hogan heel act, right? With Eric Bischoff, who's the the originator of the human centipede, right? <laughs> his mouth is firmly attached to his anus, and it's just like it's just it's just absolute crap. And, and the thing is, I like Eric Bischoff as a performer, but like I'm watching this thinking, like, get off my screen. I don't want to see Bischoff I don't want to see Hogan it's such a tired act and this is only fucking week two that I'm watching it's
1: it's the vicious cycle and as Liam alluded to there you you look at the numbers you look at the business and the perception is that it's Hogan uh so in order order to keep fulfilling that prophecy Hogan has to have himself all over the show so that then when they do these great numbers Mm. he can point to it and say look I was in block A, D, whatever whatever, whatever segments he was in to say look This is why it's all so great. I'm everywhere.
2: Nitro did its highest opposed rating in history this week with a 4.9 towards 3.6. Again, further echoing, Hogan's the way to go. Several more ratings records were set uh, this night actually, including the single most watched pro wrestling match ever on cable television as the Nitro main event, the six man tag we mentioned, did a 5.7 quarter hour. WCW blistered Raw in the final quarter with a 5.7 to a 3.3 despite Raw spelling the show building up to the Mike Tyson interview and that Steve Austin would interfere in the Triple H match, which is really eye-opening says Dave Meltzer in regard to Tyson's long-term appeal.
3: So, I think this says in last week's show that this period is where I became Kind of partisan towards WF. Mm. It's this fucking stuff that just used to infuriate me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's so boring and stale and repetitive. Yeah. And you got this magic happening on on the other show. Mm. This fucking this bald man god.
1: Mm. (laughs) It's it's, it's like. But it's again, it goes back to that, that that sense of perception, isn't it? The perception is that WCW is the hot company and as them being considered the hot company despite the sort of the publicity that tyson has given wwf wcw being seen as the hot company is what fans will just out of habit they will gravitate towards that and it's it's going to take time they've got to really drag those wcw fans out of that comfort zone and back over to them
3: well you has got wrestling in general is getting hotter on both sides yeah. with increased numbers but they say they're paying catch-up all the time so yeah. They're both growing it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, okay yeah. This, but this fan base will eventually see it, what it's, way it's going
0: it, but,
1: it just it just takes yeah. takes time yeah
0: it's, it's obviously still early days but at least you can see a, a particular drive in in the wf product as to what they're going with you know we were just mentioning oh, about yeah. like uh, the, the, the style of um uh, storytelling
1: i'm i'm all in favor or, or was all in favor of the notion of an nwo civil war oh yeah me too but to me it has to start Immediately after Starcade, yeah. going under the notion that WCW has completely kicked their ass. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen at Starcade, and we all know about the finish in the title match, so we're almost, we're not back completely back to square one, but it, it's all again, it's its just very static. Whilst they want to tease this NWO Civil War, they haven't blown it up properly in the way that they'd need to.
2: Yeah, they're kind of half cocked at the moment.
1: Hall and Nash
2: tried to rally the wrestlers together as a power base this past week. <laughs> Yeah, The plan got to Bischoff in its early stages of formation. On the March 9th uh, Nitro, before the show happened, there was a showdown backstage where reportedly Hogan brought up Nash wanting him out of the company and Nash told him point-blank he wanted his spot and Hogan point-blank told him back that he wasn't giving it up. So uh, the tensions are rising with Hall and Nash legitimately backstage during this
0: period of time. I bet Brett is so glad he's gone to this company, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, you know, I, I bet he's so glad he left over after the the you know the the company of, of petty politics.
1: Well, <laughs> he's he's got about 3 million reasons to keep him warm at night.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: A major mini-battle in the midst of this big war is going to take place on April 27th when the WWF has Raw booked at Hampton, Virginia at the Coliseum and WCW has Nitro booked the same night in the same metropolitan area at the Norfolk Scope Arena. As anyone who has followed wrestling for any length of time would know, this is no coincidence. Of course, we'll come back to this at the end of this podcast. Steve Regal was given his notice that he'll be fired by WCW. No doubt his match with Bill Goldberg was the catalyst in this happening. Of course, we talked about that on the last show. The heat that Regal got for uh, having that kind of match with Goldberg going 50-50, Matt wrestling and stuff didn't go down too well. Kind of exposed Goldberg a little bit. And uh, yeah, fired. Vincent was also given his notice. Yay! Hey. But he simply went to Hogan and got his termination <laughs> revoked. Oh! So God damn it, Hogan. That's the wrestling business for me no, right I'm there. It, yeah.
1: Why would Hogan want to keep Vincent around? That's my question. He's a fan of black people, Carl. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: If, if there's any, come on. If there's anything. <laughs> yes, yes, that he he done. Done. <laughs> That's what he should have done. He Do this whole mess. Why now. are you in in the kept his fucking job.
2: And he's fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmed Johnson proposed an angle to Eric Bischoff this week to come in and do a feud with Goldberg. <laughs> oh, fuck off. But Bischoff has no interest in signing Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. So keep that in mind as we talk about you know, Bischoff's eye for talent. Pretty good, pretty good call here from Easy EI feel. Do you think you told him he needs to bulk up a bit? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Ah, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, the situation regarding Six got hotter over the past week. As the week went on, there was no contact between the front office at WCW and Sean Waltman, although Waltman had been told by Nash that Bischoff had agreed to make everything right. Uh, the W.F.'s offer to him was described as embarrassing, believed to represent a substantial cut in pay, at least when it comes to get-to-downside guarantee from his WCW deal. And it is also true that both Hall and Nash have asked for their releases and been turned down. I, I, I believe this is the line where... Um, Bischoff says to Nash I'll send you to Poland before I send you to Vince and then Nash comes back and says I'm over in Poland <laughs> <laughs> we move now to that Sunday March 15th wcw WCW/NWO Uncensored 7,474 fans sell out the building a 1.1 bike for 320,000 buys very good number but at the worst match of the year candidate headlines this show a fuck awful Hulk Hogan Randy Savage steel cage match total lack of heat and what may have been one of the worst finishes to a pay-per-view main event in years gee I know you have this on your uh your best of incentive tape. Yeah, it's feel just, free to elaborate. Here. Yeah, I,
0: I had this absolute garbage. I mean, okay, it's fair enough. You know, this this has been built up as the main event, but let's let's just look at this, folks, in terms of the world champion. Okay, we we have Hogan and Savage in the main event, right? The world champion. ...is in the penultimate match. He's not in the main event, and on top of that, he's not wrestling the number one guy in the NWO, in Hogan. He's not even wrestling the number two guy in Nash, because he's having a fuck-fest with Giants. Instead, he's wrestling the third-tier guy in Scott Hall... That's what they're doing with their world champion.
2: Just be thankful it wasn't Brian
0: Adams. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but because <laughs> he probably would have jobbed to him because Crush goes over. But, <laughs> yeah, but like you finish, and then on, on top of that, to make matters even worse, he ends up coming out at the end of this fucking like this fuck fest when you know Hogan we're, Savage. We're, yeah, it's Hogan, Hogan Savage, where a fucking disciple comes in because you know he, he missed Hogan's ass, and and, and 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 they just do this. <laughs> His just, nose is cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they just go in blue. <laughs> they just do this absolute fuck finish where like. Sting comes down And like they, They're just staring at each other For for like For, like, for days on end And then <laughs> And then you just get The Savage turn You know the, the, You know Savage just Text Sting And so on And and, just, and then just Sting just the Sting the guy Who's been taken out NWO single handedly For months on end Gets laid out By a single pile driver By Savage And hey This is from a Savage fan And and he, and he they just He just rolls out To the side of the ring As it continues The camera continues On Hogan and Savage This is your world champion, folks. This is how they book him. Match ends, show ends, no finish. Absolutely, it's just it's absolutely disgraceful. And I unfortunately had this and the uh, the world title match with Hall. I had both of those on my best of uncensored.
2: If anybody wants it, by the way, put in a bid. Sit <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> you can have it for free. <laughs> uh, I'll pay for the postage as well.
2: <laughs> a real competition. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: When nobody
3: enters, <laughs>
0: WrestleMania predictions. You have,
3: to, you have to write an essay why you <laughs> want this. You want you want the v- oh. DVD or whatever. Oh.
2: The original plan at this show was for Kevin Nash to finally job for the Giant but that's been planned for six months and the end result is always the same. With hostilities bad most of the week regarding Nash leading up to the show a change in the finish to appease him was expected and of course it was delivered they did a DQ finish here once hey. again. Big Kev you don't get his shoulders down easily. He's um, over in Poland. He is over in Poland. Chris Jericho pins Dean Malenko on the show as well, who, uh, who then goes home very sad. Gene Oakland just reams Malenko after the match. Yeah, you've
1: got you've got Oakland chewing him out while. Dean Malenko does his best sort of sad puppy dog expression yeah. With Oakland nicely pointing out that Malenko has lost, lost in the last four straight pay-per-views Which <laughs> begs the question why he got a Cruiserweight title shot in the first place
3: don't, you, you don't ask you think his conversation was Vince was going through his head as he'd walk into the boat <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could be
2: James Bond right now <laughs> I could be a star <laughs> Eddie Guerrero was supposed to win the TV title off Booker T at this show But uh, the finish was changed because Bischoff thought that people knew it was coming I don't know who these people would be, but apparently they did. Mm. And a very fun triangle match on this show as well with uh, Raven, DDP, and Chris Benoit.
0: Yeah, this this for me was uh, like the the highlight of these uh, uh, these last few weeks and also this show. Um, the the triple threat uh, Benoit, DDP, Raven. The the match itself is I think is like really fun, and uh, you know kind of watching the, these uh, these three guys back during this time period. I kind of noticed obviously. You know how good Benoit's in the ring, and that Benoit um, is get, getting more and more over it seems uh, as the weeks go on. Uh, DDP's just over as, as hell at the moment. I think you know in terms of like someone who's progressing, like an, a, a new talent for an old guy um, in the company. Uh, it, there seems to be a, a you know a pretty a pretty high ladder for him. You know, there's, there's, like the sky's the limit for him. And like like Raven is kind of like really standing out. I've never been much of a uh, a fanboy for Raven when looking at his WF stuff or his ECW stuff but like watching more of him in WCW I'm kind of getting something with him where it's just like this this guy could have been something with, with this flock with these bunch of jobbers who are obviously just there to just protect him and so on there's something there and uh, you know uh, for, for, for for a few weeks that uh, they're kind of like the highlight past all of the Hogan savage tosh and and this triple triple threat itself is fantastic what really gets my goat on a sub note when talking about my uncensored uh, video, the best of, they put the fucking world title match in, they put the shitty cage match in, they didn't put this on the uh, on the tape. They only showed highlights of it. Instead, I got the triple threat from the following year, which was Raven, Hack, and Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs>
2: Uh, we move to the next night. Raw is preempted. No Raw this Monday. It's preempted for Moby Dick, of all things.
1: Not the Westminster Dog Show.
2: No, but Moby Dick does do an 8.1 rating, <laughs> so. What- <laughs> So so rightly so. Wales draw. Wales draw. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so on that Monday night, it's an unopposed Nitro at Club La Vela. One of my favourite, uh, the Panama City ones with a swim pool around the room. Who's going in the pool yeah. this week? Six. It's the 16th sellout Nitro in a row, so they're doing fantastic business here. Uh, this is also the debut of the Eddie Guerrero's My Favourite Wrestler t-shirt as he forces Chavo yeah. to wear it, which is great. I've got to mention the Hall & Nash promo on this show, because... First of all, they come out in Hawaiian shirts, they're completely shit-faced, and, and they just do the most ridiculous promo on the Giant you've ever seen, where they're insulting him, calling him out, and at one point, Scott Hall just grabs the mic and says, hey, Giant, that's your cue. <laughs> so, of course, the Giant comes out, <laughs> and this is when Kevin asks, says, luckily for you, I'm the cannonball champion of uh, Spring Break, and then he cannonballs into the water himself. <laughs> <laughs> giant chases Scott Hall around the ring who's doing his best comedy no 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 and Giant press slams him into the water which Scott Hall sells probably about as well as he did anything that Sting did to it and sent it the night before so oh,
0: God's yeah sake.
2: Just, the, just the absolutely absurd stuff um, Savage does a promo saying he'll win the title at Spring Stampede to so the centre up Savage and Sting after yep. last night's fucking awful finish uh, and, and also vows to boot Hogan out as the leader of the NWO so it's the big NWO drama still dominating the airwaves Goldberg wrestles Lodi on the oh, show Oh yeah
0: yeah this, yeah, this, yeah this was just a funny one Just because Lodi This piece of fucking shit Right <laughs> that's just Vomiting all over my screen As I'm watching this Yeah he fucking gets it <laughs> But, but the, the, This guy He can barely fucking run the ropes Watch your back folks The guy can barely run the ropes So Goldberg decides to Like Legitly spear him No fucking work here He just gores the fuck out of him yeah. And then just like Freaking
2: I'm not sure if it was the week before or the week after but he does one on Darso where he just flattens him like a pancake yeah he's it's. just flattening people for
0: real he's, <laughs> he's yeah, he's he's just... fucking beautiful
2: WCW broke nearly every company and many cable records with this unopposed Nitro doing a 5.6 rating tying the first Clash of the Champions uh, but cable was in far less homes back in 88 so of course there are far more viewers uh, per rating point here the rating for the main event which was Sting and against Hogan and Savage was a 6.6 a 16% increase in viewers from last week's all time record so again you can see why they're going with the pat hand the numbers yeah. are telling they're living and dying by these numbers they have done for over a year now mm. and, it- and it's telling them one thing so yeah. I-, I-, I hate to say you can't blame them but yeah, in but some ways- a lot of people watching those shows every week it is yeah. and you know
1: Absolutely, and, and what with the, the previous pay for you being the 1.1 buy rate? It's a hell of a lot of money coming in.
2: Yeah, yeah it's sold out at the 1.1 as well. It's Detto Super Bowl. They're doing great numbers here. Um, For reasons that make no sense, Ric Flair was off television, which apparently will be the case for several weeks to one month, nor was his name even mentioned once during the three-hour show. Flair once again had become the biggest quarter-hour ratings mover in the entire company, just as he was for the final quarter of 97. The decision was made for Flair and Bret Hart to no longer be positioned together before they'd even wrestled one tag team match. Uh, which I believe was a Hogan call, as it would later come out. Ah, yeah, imagine that. Mm. So Flair off TV, no rhyme or reason. They're just taking him off.
1: And at this point, I think by the time we've reached the middle of March, Bret Hart's wrestled all of what two matches on Nitro or
2: yeah. in general?
1: What one on Nitro, one at Sold Out,
2: uncensored? You wrestled Hennig in a okay, really okay. Fla- really flat match compared to their uh, previous uh, efforts in the WWF. Yeah. But this is the kind of note that I love doing these timeline shows for nails was backstage at Nitro and is expected to join the NWO
0: and get a big push of course. is he going to do some angle where he like attacks Vincent
2: <laughs> um, he, it's actually funny because even though there's no nails in WCW to be seen it comes out later they did in fact sign him to a $150,000 a year contract and never used him that was probably the bit. Once you sign him, that is the best use for him. <laughs> <laughs> March seven is so good having Vincent sexually assaulting backstage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for the continuity. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have these these references that only the internet. Gets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next day, Tuesday, uh, March. Uh, 17th Raw obviously it was pre like we said by Moby Dick uh, The Rock with a fantastic chair shot on Ken Shamrock oh eat it Ken yeah. this is when Shamrock's in the match with D'Lo Brown Rock does the run and then Shamrock's on his knees and goads him and he just fucking takes it and obviously yeah. you watch it back now and oh, it is it ma- what it is it makes you, it
1: makes you cringe yeah, yeah
2: I I, no. I, I, <laughs> I'd, I'd heard from someone recently that Shamrock is uh, slurring his words in his private life so watching this is a little bit kind of oh, hard to shit. take oh. but uh, well he's
3: taken another head yeah this like, isn't the only yeah, one yeah.
2: also on the show the debut of the new midnight express oh this can fuck oh, off
1: oh bombastic bomb and this can fuck off man.
2: yeah so this is, this is the rock and roll express again still coming out to the rockers music against the headbangers uh, actually I think Jim Cornette's in this match as well it's three on two and then uh, the headbangers win and then they uh, yeah Bob and Bart come out to uh, to reform the midnight express Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. This team was not, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Oh, this is just ass. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's ironic because on their ass they have me written all over it, <laughs> which is just like it's, just, it's it's Bob Holly and it's it's Bart Gun. It's it's, like, In it's, it, it's it's like it's like you know what? It's like Spot plug and uh, Bart Gun. Pretty bad names. They can only make them better. So then, <laughs> what do they decide to call them? Bombastic and bodacious. Seriously, is there anything written down of like what Cornette thought of this? Was this Cornette's idea? No, he fucking hates. No, it. yeah, <laughs> he fucking hated there's it. There's got to be something. There's got to be footage some of him having an aneurysm over I'm this. Sh- I'm
2: sure he thought maybe there's something, but he should have seen that first. No, he ro- didn't. He has to have seen that first rocket launcher that Bob Holly did and just thought this is I this is gonna I fail, fucking, boys. I
0: can't even fucking do a splash
2: off the top rope. Well, you know, uh, Triple H wins the European title from Owen Hart via ref stoppage on this show. So. uh... The, the, the glory days of the Blackheart have already come and gone oh, yeah. apparently here <laughs> yeah, uh, he's
3: looking so out of place right now as well yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: on this show though and I know you'd forgotten this completely two absolutely awesome video packages on Shawn Michaels and oh, Steve Christ. Austin yeah. to be- honestly go back and watch this show it's March 17th Raw everybody go and watch him the Shawn Michaels one especially is just so good Like you know, reflecting on his career just showing enough, of mo- yeah, enough moments during his babyface run that show him looking like a bit of a dick to like, yeah, it's it's great stuff. It's just like a great character development, and it goes back to what you said earlier, Gene, what you alluded to earlier, Carl. There's a laser focus to the WF shows mm. on Raw, where they know exactly where they're doing, they know exactly where they're going, and and everything they do reflects it. And you, you can you contrast that to Nitro during this period, and it's just such a stark contrast.
0: It, it's almost to the point where WF are, are reveling in the fact that they have their direction. um uh, revelling yeah,
3: in but, it in, I mean, in the fact that they have something to hang on to still got the Midnight Express on the show yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that's the thing whilst, that's the depth issue more than
1: direction whilst we can give the company credit for their sort of laser like focus on the top of the card you do still have that weak underbelly you do still have the, the sort of problems with the foundations if you like the new Midnight Express Kurgan is still lingering around <laughs> that's the name right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the G-O-A yeah the DOA. There's Steve... an awful lot of
2: DOA around so, this time.
1: Jeff Jarrett is like a human vacuum for the enthusiasm of a crowd on these shows. <laughs> so, what could only be better? Steve Blackman rolls up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. In just
0: whilst... doing that, down that rogues gallery there, don't forget Savio fucking Vega as well. Oh,
1: there, there are a litany of names that we could list amongst us, but it, it's still just, it emphasizes that fundamental point of whilst things are improving for the WWF
3: there are still problems there look at the star power I've just mentioned Mm. and like as stale and stagnant and treading water as WCW's in general they're still packed with either talent in the mid card who are getting over or have been over for a couple of years because they can go or established guys
2: on top so on this show this episode of Raw the biggest thing is uh, Vince comes out to booze for an interview with Kevin Kelly that could only have been conceived by people who spend way too much time on the internet says Meltzer he made it clear that he'd already decided that Austin was going down at Mania and played up that Shawn Michaels doesn't lay down for anyone they played off the Brett screwed Brett interview uh, where a man said he didn't hit Austin uh, last week because it would have ruined Wrestlemania if Austin wouldn't have been able to wrestle due to a broken jaw (laughs) which got so much heat it was fucking great Kevin Kelly keeps asking him if he wants Austin as the And Vince dodges it with his fucking slimy corporate answers, and then eventually he just outright says it's not just a no; it's an oh hell no, and that's the bottom line because Vince says so. And uh, I remember watching that promo at the time, and just like when he busts out the oh hell no, just my jaw hitting the floor, like oh my god, Vince is going heel.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? Whilst in in on previous shows, there's been that smarminess to him and that sort of that corporate element, if you like, in his appearances. To me, at least, it seemed it never really had taken root whereas once you get to this angle at that point it's just it's cemented there it's solidified isn't it you know? the character is here now
3: I said there was no functionality to, to him before as a character now it's the brett stuff that kind of happened because it happened but this is now we're planning for it and there's a
1: direction to him, it's so like it's- the, the metamorphosis is complete almost yeah. isn't it
2: also on this show i think it's a, yeah, it's a mero goldus main event which obviously ends when kane comes out to kill Sable which is the one great moment where Mark Mero when the pyro goes off runs off and leaves Sable on her own <laughs> does, he,
3: does he jump over the top rope yeah off? jumps over the top yeah, rope
2: and runs <laughs> off he's he oh go and get help and runs <laughs> off
3: <That's laughs> and while Lola on commentary is backing up he's gone to get help yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a brave
0: soul
2: yeah so Kane looks like he's about to kill Sable the Undertaker arrives on the top of the Titan Tron and uh, there's a Kane dummy in a casket that gets set on fire a particularly insensitive thing to do to your brother who's been in a house fire I believe but uh, <laughs> that was the angle anyway uh, Raw. Ro- Unopposed did a four point four this week. So again, no opposition on a different day. On a different day on a Tuesday, a four point four is a hell of a number. Uh, no decision has been made whether to simply scrap the NWA North American title that Jeff Jarrett had, or to do something else with it. Uh, not give it to Jeff? Well, well, no one's got it anymore, so...
1: so it can go and join that IC title in the river. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: Mm. Um, here's an interesting thing. Politically, the WCW-New Japan relations look to be almost totally fallen apart this week. Both companies had money in a dual bank account, and New Japan took their money out after WCW tried to get with All Japan Pro Wrestling despite the WWF last month. It's you recall if you haven't heard the previous timeline the WWF was trying to work with All Japan Pro Wrestling on putting together a show in the Tokyo Dome uh, for the month of May and uh, even kind of toyed with the idea of putting Kenta Kabashi in the <laughs> WWF which of course never came to pass but uh, in an effort to kind of spite the WWF WCW tried to work with All Japan who obviously are the rivals of New Japan Pro Wrestling so uh, this caused a lot of issues there's also issues with the NWO in Japan and merchandising since the WCW believe they needed a uh, higher cut of the merchandise money since it was their concept and we're very particular about who was going to be in the NWO Japan unit. Yeah, this for me
3: is just Bischoff arrogance yeah. of thinking they can do whatever they want and these subservient Japs will
2: <laughs> toe the line.
1: <laughs> it's all become a proxy war. Yeah.
2: The straw that broke the camel's back however was WCW's negative reaction to New Japan signing of all people Rick Bogner. The fake Razor Ramon from 1996. (laughs) WCW insisted that (laughs) Bogner not team with any of its wrestlers, and New Japan did so anyway, so WCW pulled its talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, they had a stick in their ass, I suppose, about WWF doing that parody with Scott Hall uh, and the fake Razor, and they didn't want any association with Rick Bogner, and uh, as a result. This, this this relationship that benefited both sides blows up.
1: I dread to think how New Japan will cope without Scott Norton. <laughs> <laughs> Giants'
2: contract is coming due, and it's no secret that WWF is very interested in him. The belief is, however, that the Giant is going to be wherever Hogan is. So uh, already here, they want the Giant. They want Paul White it's as as big as he's getting. They want him. Almost exactly one year to the day that he checked himself into rehab, Scott Hall once again checks himself into rehab this week. So uh, the last time that we do see Scott Hall for a while is uh, being thrown into the pool by the Giants. So uh, what a way to go out for a while, you know. Uh, we go to March 23rd on Nitro. It's a pretty great show, actually. A very good Chris Benoit-Booker T match, which goes through a draw. And a very fun Eddie Groh-Kaz Hayashi match as well. Uh, Hogan and Nash against the Giant in a handicap match ends in a disqualification, of course, when uh, the Disciple gets involved. But uh, Sting retains the WCW title against Diamond Dallas Page with a Scorpion Death Drop after blocking the Diamond Cutter, which is a really good match, and the crowd is super into this.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, this, this uh, feels like it comes out of, out of nowhere. It just continues the whole like they just don't know what the fuck they're doing with Sting and uh, turning
2: the belt in the
1: middle of the show yeah
0: middle of the show yeah, yeah they're writing
1: TV on the back of a fag packet at this yeah. point <laughs> I, think, I
0: think it's like I, I don't know what my time was I think was it the main event of the first hour Second, that match or something like that uh, I knew about their encounters in 99 and so on
2: yeah I think the one, I think the one in 99 is better first.
0: yeah oh yeah yeah I, I agree um, their, their encounters in 99 I think are better but I didn't know about this one and kind of saw this little match uh, when when DDP is like still on the rise on this, he hasn't kind of like been he hasn't been solidified as a main eventer in any way, shape, or form. These two have. Is this is this great little match? Uh, and they're going back and forth. And they do the smart thing of stings the guy who's in control of the match, which makes sense because DDP's the one has to prove himself that he's at at a a level of of a main eventer. And uh, yeah, the age of a main eventer in WCW. Well, yeah, (laughs) but (laughs) but but uh, but, yeah, I mean the the extensions of these two just kind of show the potential that these two would have in like little in little less than a year's time. And uh, also the finish is great. You know, DDP does does the rally back, uh, gets Sting into the corner, starts laying in the punches, uh, locks uh, locks uh, his arms around. And the head ready to go for a diamond cutter goes for it twice but stings holding onto the ropes and just reverses it into the scorpion death drop here
2: you go here's one and just a great,
0: just really great finish i think and uh, the, i've got a note here
2: guess who came up with the finish everybody around the table have a guess one guess who came up with this great finish
0: kevin nash double a oh yeah it might be double a is that your pick yeah i like that pick. it is in
2: fact wrestling genius hulk hogan
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
2: came up with that finishing sequence. Bulldog and Kurt Hennig wrestle with uh, Rick Rude and Bret Hart doing run-ins uh, but there's a very weird pro about injustice oh. and how he's, he basically becomes the new version of Sting I suppose he's gonna
0: fight for uh, yeah, against all injustice in WCW here it's, it's weird seeing in the Bulldog. middle of this Bulldog-Hennig rivalry <laughs> yeah this it's weird seeing Bulldog there's something weird about like watching these shows and seeing Bulldog in like you know the, the Union Jack colours and Nightheart and, and, and it's just like fuck you doing WCW what the, what the fuck are these two guys doing it, it doesn't fit into in, the, in terms of the uh the black and white of uh, of uh, Nitro. Yeah. Um. Roddy Piper
2: returns on this show for a main event match with Randy Savage, which of course ends in a running DQ. Um. Over on Raw, it's the go home show for WrestleMania 14. All hands on deck. Uh, we get the Undertaker promo by the parents' grave. Uh. The set of the match uh, and Kane, with magic tricks, to uh, <laughs> oh. prove that he has equal powers with the Undertaker, and he sets a crew guy on fire. I don't know if anybody out there <laughs> in the UK remembers this, but Sky Sports absolutely butchered this segment because they, yeah. they, let, they let it run but when he sets the guy on fire the crew member the guy who's running around like, yeah. like the gobbledygook flapping his arms around trying to put the fire out <laughs> they put in giant white bold letters this is a stunt and flashed oh, it on and off really? on the screen and as soon as the show was finished and this is one of these things I hated as a kid was those cold screens where they just put the Sky Sports logo on a cold screen and they had like, the creepy voiceover guy saying what you saw on that, this show tonight was a stunt don't replicate that at home it's, it's fucking so creepy don't the way use
3: magic powers at home
2: yes indeed but they absolutely butchered it by doing that do not
3: try
0: and burn your family when you're a child
2: <laughs> Tyson and DX do a promo which is great because this is the, uh, the Tyson you are a hot boy you are a hot boy oh he's brilliant though. he's, he's so, so he's, he's in, in his element life. Oh, yeah, this that. is great Honestly, if, they, yeah. if they could have had him for a year it would have been hilarious it's like,
3: the promo goes 10 minutes with Sean talking or Hunter then Sean the whole time he just got his fingers on his DX shirt like, they told him do, what we want you to do, Mike, is get your thumbs behind your DX shirt and like show it to the camera. Yeah. So he does it for the whole. Promo. <laughs> There's no else to do <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> Just standing there. Uh, we also get the we're uh, being given an award for the Raw magazine by uh, Vince Russo. Oh, I skipped that. Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I thought thought you might. And uh, the main segment on this show is Steve Austin actually, honest to God, wrestling <laughs> after all these teasers Whoa. and all these things against Rocky Maivia, and it's a clean pin. Austin beats the Rock with the stunner. Put him over on the way to Wrestlemania Great stuff Last year against the Oscars or well, we talk about the ratings Last year head to head with the Oscars Nitro did a 3.0 and Raw did a 2.5 This year Nitro did a 4.6 And Raw did a 3.6 head to head with the Oscars So we're uh, pretty much maintaining the level they've been at For the last little while So It's in rudimentary health it is indeed Uh, the quarter hour breakdowns told a major story this week however because the WWF actually won a quarter hour for the first time in 1998 with WCW having Roddy Piper vs Randy Savage match going against Austin and Rocky Maivia Mm. Raw won the quarter 4.2 to 3.9 Tyson proved once again to be a big ratings draw for the WWF as the DX interviewed did a 3.7. Uh, there apparently was an agreement reached between Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash to try and use the real heat, including the firing of Six, to try and work a wrestling angle out of it, which will enable Nash to headline against Hogan and pacify him somewhat. Uh, there have also been rumours flying around this week regarding Jim Hellwig, including a mention by a rumour of Mark Madden on the WCW hotline. 95% of the time, any rumours about Hellwig are false... But while at press time there was no deal, there was definitely smoke to this fire, possibly interest in the Ultimate Warrior working two pay-per-view shows in late 1998. So that's the first rumblings of The Warrior.
1: And there was probably more smoke to that fire than what <coughs> we'd actually get at Halloween Havoc right <laughs> in the year. <laughs>
2: Tremendous. Uh, we moved to Thunder. Uh, March twenty sixth. Uh, what? What? <laughs> yeah, know well, I'm only mentioning it here because it's the Hogan Nash angle, where Nash asked why Six is no longer an employee of WCW yeah. and why Scott Hall wasn't allowed on television. Hogan replied that Six couldn't hang with the big dogs, and then asked Nash, yeah. since he's Hall's best friend, where is Scott Hall? And Nash weakly answered that he wasn't there. Of course, he was
0: in. Well, he was supposed to be in the very re-hand. forward center. <laughs> yeah, is it, where he is. But again, Six gets mentioned here after yeah. being fired. He says, uh, well, "How does he say the line? He says, "Like." And then Hall's not around because he's too unpredictable for live TV, is how he phrases it to uh, to Hogan. As Hogan's <laughs> just
2: looking up, fucking yeah, fucking yeah.
0: and he's and he's just like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. his cannonball had perfect form still, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 he's absolutely this at Hogan as Hogan's just looking at him like you know like someone's just caught him with his trousers down on tape, and <laughs> it, and it, it's just interested about like how they how they started to um, kind of work this stuff in and so on with Nash, and it's like we're starting to see the beginnings. Uh, the proper beginnings Not It didn't, it wasn't, it didn't seem like The way we savage But we're starting to see The proper beginnings Of this supposed uh, Divide in NWO That should have happened Freaking months earlier Also on that Thursday uh, The WF is in Boston
2: 5,000 people turn out For what is basically A two match deal uh, Where uh, Mike Tyson And uh, Shawn Michaels Tie up Steve Austin In the ropes And kiss his bald head Prior to that Michaels gets hit With a battery uh, And storms off From the scene it takes some coaxing To bring him back out For the angle with Tyson Shawn Michaels Bit of a hothead this week <laughs> Uh, interesting note here, actually, Nitro continued to beat Raw head-to-head in England for the past two weeks by a 53-47% to market share, making it four weeks in a row that Nitro has won since the two shows started going head-to-head in England, which is interesting because I always was under the impression that Raw would always beat Nitro, but not the case, apparently.
1: It is a strange one because my perception was always that Raw had always beaten Nitro in this country. I, I never thought they'd won one week, so that does uh, does take me back a little bit
2: yeah they put them head to head they used to be on different times but when they put them head to head at the start of march that's when the
1: nitro started to win though the the one thing i would say is as a counterbalance that is the fact that raw was on sky sports which you had to have a subscription package to get Mm. and whilst nitro was shown through a skybox in this country you could get it on the cartoon network and tnt which you didn't have to have a subscription package to get at the time you just had to have the box Ah,
2: inside inside very good uh here's an interesting one there are also rumors about doing the 1999 royal rumble in england of course that never came to pass but there was an idea for it. No. Judging by how the show was booked maybe we should be grateful. I think we should. Earl Hebner was rushed to the New England Medical Centre and at last was in the intensive care unit due to what is believed to have been a brain aneurysm right before Wrestlemania. So uh...
1: Justice for Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. come on.
2: Which leads us nicely to March 29, Wrestlemania 14, 19,000 fans out the Boston Fleet Centre. A 2.3 buy rate for 715,000 buys beat Starcade 97. Uh... Uh, Steve Austin wins the world title And the Austin era Has begun
3: Sean's magnificent Pilled up look As he comes out Looking like the oh, baddest yeah. Cockiest son of a bitch On the planet
1: Who's the fucking man <laughs>
3: Yeah uh, I still maintain He was fucking He was trying to screw Austin This match
1: Yeah
3: I mean he comes out Like a fucking Super Bowl anyway And then he, Okay he starts selling When he's getting the heat On Austin And you know He's setting his
2: making it about him and not he's Austin
3: going so slow and Austin's he's trying to make Austin look a dick because you know he's, he's Austin's pretty much lying there doing nothing whilst Sean oversells his back I don't know about
0: whoa, whoa, that whoa, you're making it sound like Sean's, Sean was dishonest in this match he, he, he dedicated it for Earl <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not saying I'm just saying Last time we'll see the great man a long time. It is, it
2: is four and a half yeah. years till we see another show. Michael's match,
1: but one can't grieve forever, and we really should talk. <laughs> <laughs> and we really should talk about the wonderful crowning of Stone Cold Steve Austin. What a great pop
2: he gets on his entrance! Oh, it oh, it's yeah. absolutely. Dum dum, huge. dum 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 dum. I dum, 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 I miss yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I miss yeah.
1: that for Big Time. Yeah. Actually, that little sort of almost beats up thing in the background. You see him walking down the the hallway. That, that's, that's fantastic.
2: Our, our boy Ryan Ward did an NXT for uh, Zayn, didn't he? Yeah. yeah so yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's something I wish they'd, they'd use a bit more, uh, bit more frequently. Yeah. I do miss that. It does, it does create that sort of atmosphere and that sense of tension. But um, Of course,
2: Tyson turns babyface here. Tyson
1: turns babyface and you talk about Sean trying to stick it to people. He gets that short right from Tyson, and whilst he's apparently knocked out, he's lying on his back chewing his gum still.
2: Muscle reflex. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I've, uh, there's a great story here that came out. Uh, it was in, it's in Sean's newest book. Uh, where he talks about how the, oh, the, yeah. the thing that really pissed him off all day long they were trying to do the spot where when Tyson knocks you out Tyson's going to put the Austin 316 shirt over your face and Sean was absolutely not having any of it and uh, didn't want that to happen mm. and then of course when he's out there lying down Mike Tyson walks over and puts the t-shirt on his face and Steve Austin goes over the top of him and gives him the double middle finger now if, if you've got the Steve Austin DVD you'll know that Austin if you hear him says there's something more to this when he gives him the finger and that's what it is it's the fact that Sean didn't want to do the t-shirt spot yeah. and of course Sean uh, need needs a uh a backstage confrontation with the Undertaker
0: to convince him to do this <laughs> his job anyway yeah because it wasn't enough that Tyson was at ringside you know <laughs> like yeah piss him off Sean yeah. I'm sure you're gonna get out of that fight well
3: see so the thing about this Taker story is though it's like it was a I, done I, deal by then yeah, I, you know I, I wonder,
1: mean I wonder how much truth there is to this I don't doubt that there was a confrontation of some sort yeah. a bit of heated words backstage but I wonder how true the story is that Taker actually sat there with taped fists but, till the till the final bit.
2: But even if he did, what was Sean going to do? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I won't do... What what was he going to do? Who knows? Anyway, th- there's a lot to talk about on this show. Um, we move to Undertaker and Kane. Uh, interesting words from Dave Meltzer here. Glenn Jacobs became the luckiest man in the wrestling business since Paul Ellering being put with a gimmick that won't be allowed to fail. Because even though his match with the Undertaker got going, it was clear he has no substance. So, for all of those of you out there—and we know Kane—you know this is the peak of Kane, and this match sucks, and the right. crowd is fucking silent for most of it too. Well,
1: that's the thing. We we talk about how how great the reaction is for for Austin, and, and even when when the music dies down for that main event before the bell rings, and you just hear this visceral Austin chant, like you know, it's like you're at the Roman Colosseum and they're baying for blood almost, desperate to see this finally happen for for the wonderful human being that is Steve, but. <laughs> Outside the rest of the show, and Liam, you you talked about this sort of earlier off air. The crowd isn't with an awful lot of this card, and I, I think the Kane uh, Taker match is a, a prime example of it because it's it's not a good match. You get the boring rest hold. I think the the only things in the context of that match that you sort of pop for is Taker going through the table when he misses the dive, yeah. and really Pete Rose being oh, Tombstone at which, the which, the start, which, we, which mention, we need yeah, to talk Pete about. Rose. But I think even How in the context of the match itself. By the time you get to that third tombstone, of the crowd are just, yeah, they're they're waiting for it to end at that.
2: Point. Mm, yeah, they try and protect Kane a little bit after the match by having him lay out the Undertaker again. So and and yeah. and, and Kane kicks out right after the three. But yeah, Pete Rose on mentioning it just because yeah. of, of how great it was to see a celebrity with a bit more personality yeah, than yeah. ass kissing wrestling fans just coming out there and being like, yeah, last time I played here we beat your ass. <laughs> <Whatever> <laughs> how, about his- about <laughs> how about
3: it? How about it? Okay, yeah. So heel Kane. Lay out the bigger heel to Pete Rose. It yeah. his match fun Undertaker as well, and Kane was kind of getting the pops coming out anyway when he's just killing fools. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, that didn't help the reaction of this
0: match. No, no, that's a good race. point actually, I, I, and also um, I, I can agree with you to an extent about like the, the crowd being quiet for for a lot, a lot of the majority of the the undercard. But I think I think there were there were certainly like uh, moments within uh, obviously with Sable and so on. Well, and I, I and I'd, say, and I, I'd also say maybe the tag match as well with some with some of the spots with the dumpsters as well. I think no. I think those two matches were uh, you know got pretty solid reactions no, as I, well.
1: I would I I won't argue with the Sable bit at all because as much as I can't stand the woman and feel her voice like nails on a chalkboard, which I know, gee, you've referred to as well in the past. Mm you know she is over there's no denying that She comes, she's like a star on the yeah, show yeah, she yeah, is she's the other star and Goldust is such a trooper yeah but no that, that tag match no I don't think the crowd are really with that either you, you get the, the occasional ooh maybe or ah for, for something Yeah, you know, mm. something that looks a little bit nasty but considering how hot the crowd is for the main event yeah I think for for a lot a lot of the show really I, I, maybe a lot to stretch but significant portions let's say it's almost as if they are just they're waiting for the main event, really. Yeah. That's the way it seems mm-hmm. to
2: me. Yeah, the show gets a ton of media coverage and a front-page story in the New York Times the next day. After the show, the reports were that Shawn Michaels suffered a ruptured disc in his back and would be out of action for long enough, since his 9 to 12 months, there are no plans for his involvement anytime soon. Shawn Michaels had to have a police guard with him for much of the weekend because he got a number of death threats. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there
3: was
1: you that, go. Were they all from Mark Calloway? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, we, we transition to the next night on Raw, March 30th. A huge Raw, one of my personal favourites ever. Mm. If we were going to do a best Raw ever show or best TV show ever, this is uh, one of my personal favourites just for, for, for what it was at the time for me. Uh, also one of the raunchiest ever, says Meltzer, filled with bad language and deviant behaviour at a level that no national promotion has gone before. Steve Austin gets given his new championship belt <laughs> at the start of the show. Mm. And uh, they did the, the promo with Vince where Steve can do things the easy way or the hard way and uh, Vince gets his second stunner. <laughs> From Steve Austin And the crowd's going
0: ballistic.
1: <laughs> and he at least sells it better than the first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, that's not hard. Um yeah, it's it's the little kind of like details where we're gonna start seeing in Vince uh now in, in terms of him being like uh uh, an entertaining performer I mean if, if I remember right with, with he, cause he's got the new belt he's got the attitude uh, belt hasn't he and uh, as Austin comes out and he gets in the ring then he do a thing where he looks at the two belts and he just yanks it off uh, Vince and fro- throws the up onto his feet yeah. which Vince sounds like it's like a lead weight <laughs> on his foot and he's like and, you know, and it's just like Vince come on it's a fucking belt you know but it's like it's, it's endearing but it, it, no it
1: is it's, and it's it's a brilliant segment because it's the one bit that sticks out in my mind mind during during that segment is the bit where Austin says to Vince that seems like one hell of a decision do you mind if I have (laughs) ten seconds maybe just to think about it by all means Vince and Austin have got the crowd in the palm of their hands Austin just looks out at people yeah Mm, uh, (laughs)
2: yeah, it's great Vince is great here he's he's not over the top hoke completely belt dropping aside but uh, he's poised enough and calm to where this is completely on track with what you'd expect from Vince
1: yeah those caricature elements that you'd get in in later times that's the word I was reaching for like the big gulp I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not talking the Leslie people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those elements aren't there yet
3: yeah, and you talk about having a cry in the palm of your hand and being a superstar Like obviously Reigns and stuff and even Cena you compare him to Austin where these people he just has to give a look and they just lose their shit. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing.
2: It is great. Also on this show, of course, LOD2000 returned the night before. They do a quick squash here. Uh, But in in news, that's actually important. um, (laughs) (laughs) Triple H becomes the new leader of the Generation X and says that Shawn Michaels dropped the ball and introduces, from the click, Shawn Waltman, who debuts with a uh, a promo that I loved, Carl, perhaps you didn't.
1: It's not that it's a bad promo or anything like that, but it's just... It's almost given more credence than I think it merits. I I really it's, like this promo. So when he came
2: I, out, it was fantastic. When he came out, when, when, when he came was, out, there was there was a vibe just because it was that thing of God. We've seen guys go one direction for so long, and six yeah, is so back in the back. F, <laughs> yeah. So, and
1: it, and it, it does tie into that sort of the anti-establishment rebel element that the company are going for. I I, I understand that, but it's just it's it's more just the the general verbiage of the promo. Right? You know, to me, Triple H is still. Lucky to be in the position he's in at that point. This is one of his better efforts. i not saying it's, a lot, but it is one of his better, better efforts. It's better. Um, but, you know. I just can't all see all how you can about...
2: hate Hulk Hogan. You suck, pal. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Jim Cunnett had already said it months earlier. You know, yeah, but he he's coming from
0: there, so it's like so. It's, yeah, it was a rebuttal to Hogan knocking yeah, it. At, it, was, it was great because yeah, he I actually, know, it he actually mentions it. He I actually know, mentions the whole. I, I couldn't play. Does. I couldn't hang with the big boys. Yeah,
1: he talks about his buddies being held hostage at the WWE, and that's a fact, Jack. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just they you know, sound it's, like Hogan. It's so, but it's just. There's, there's too much like insider bullshit for me.
2: I, I think this is different. This is slightly different for me from that Brett Sean stuff we'd seen the year before, where there's talk about business and all that. So. This is all stuff that everybody can relate to, pretty much, yeah. in the sense that we know Hogan's there. Hogan had become the embodiment of what the WF didn't want to be. And he was, he's, again, it's he's, he's the perfect. Bischoff and Hogan, they're two public targets yeah. for him to fire off on. I, yeah. thought, I thought this was really good for X Pack. Uh, Whatman agreed to terms about one week ago for a four year contract with a downside guarantee between three hundred and three hundred fifty thousand dollars and 350000 per year a raise from a uh, 250000 grand per year who's getting from WCW this sent a major message throughout the industry that the WWF was now willing to pay what had become market value for top talent rather than publicly cry during a period of economic boom about the amounts of money their competition was throwing around uh, this is a show that obviously has so much stuff going on it's one of the reasons why I loved this show as a kid was Come it, on. there's so many things Happening. The, the Inferno match gets made on this show. The Evening Gown match gets made on this show. The Rock becomes the yes. new leader of the nation here of domination. ruler. Here we the, go. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's right. The new leader and the ruler of the nation when uh, he throws the eyebrow to D'Lo and the, yeah. 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 After Farouk, another great Farouk moment was like, get your wares back down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's <the> great stuff. <laughs> I say
3: he said at the start of the, the Austin era, but it is. It's like the whole company really changes. Sean yeah. yeah. This is what yeah. this one wolf feels like a new promotion. Austin is the undoubted king now. Yeah, you know, he's he's mixing with the boss. Yeah. It's the whole company has turned on its head. No Sean or Bret. Exactly. You know.
1: Well that that that's that's the sort of the the key to it, isn't it? You know, the the two top guys of the last four about, years, four really. years in in truth, are both gone from the promotion.
2: Absolutely. Um I, you always get the great thing before the foreshadowing with a rock, just looking at right at and saying, after tonight the nation will be stronger than ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Dan the Beast seven debuts on this show as well. And so does Club Kamikaze, which is the name given to uh, Togo Teo yeah. and Funaki as they attack Takemichi after he successfully jobs in 60 seconds to Mark Mero. There's your light heavyweight champion for you, by the way. Uh, we also get the first vignette for Val yeah. Venus, talking about his movie Live Hard and how he's going to penetrate the WWF. This is something else. This is,
0: this is just filth, Val <laughs> Venus. Venus. <laughs> it was great. <laughs>
2: Uh, the yes. main event, of course, is the steel cage match: Cactus and Terry Funk against the New Age Outlaws, where X-Pac interferes, as does Triple H, and the new DX is clearly formed as the Outlaws join the Generation yeah, X. Yeah, it
3: just seemed so natural. Obviously, they kind of hinted at it before when they went Shawn, and then they nixed it the next week, and it was just so natural for them to join. It was like without that previous interaction, it just the, the characters fit. Oh, I wasn't happy watching back that they. That Foley did the job. Mm. Mm. Well, Funk's tied up. Yeah, well, Funk's yeah. tied up, and then you, what are you going to do with Foley? You know, in the coming weeks, so that's kind of—I get, I guess, the point because obviously the character changed, but still, yeah, mm, I wouldn't have done it.
2: Yeah. Uh, to counter this, Nitro puts on a very, very dull show. We get uh, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan doing a bit of a showdown in the ring, uh, which is
0: the prime where they're surrounded by the New World Order, which I know you liked. G. Hogan comes out again, <laughs> and basically, I think if I remember right, like so, he's got like all the B team and calls out Nash and so Nash comes out there and Nash does this great little bit where um, it, everyone's standing behind Hogan everyone's actually manoeuvred themselves so they're all standing almost like in, in line and Nash just turns around where we're, we're really getting now like the feel of of the, the, the segmentation yeah the dissension of the NWO and we're going to see uh, you know offshoots of it you know he, he's, he's mentioned the Wolfpack I think a couple times in previous weeks as well and he, and he looks at Hogan and references saying like there are, there are more people on my side than you think the people who are standing behind you, some of them are ready to stab you in the back, and it just kind of like cuts to like Hogan's like face as he's just kind of like looking behind him. Those people will stab you in the back, but I can't remember the exact I'll but, the but I'll shoot you right between the eyes, and he's just staring him down. This is like Nash, where like this isn't like Nash taking the piss. This isn't Nash just doing the gags and doing the cannonballs into water, or whatever. <laughs> this is this is politically pissed off Nash. Being kind of like <laughs> almost outplayed at times by by the by the real political uh, uh, president, you know, of uh, of wrestling politics in Hogan, and he's actually like fucking berating him in the ring, and the, the intensity, like Nash, is is facing this when he delivers that line of "Oh shit, right between the eyes." This is something yeah. like the Savage Hogan, like that. That's so old hat. That's so eighty uh, fucking eighty eight, eighty nine. But this. If, if only they as, as Carl mentioned if only they did this immediately after Starcade
2: absolutely uh, also on the show Chris Jericho beats Marty Gennetti and then reads a list of 1,004 holds <laughs> yes. which didn't get a good review from Meltzer this one was designed to be bad but it was bad in the wrong way he says but this is actually something that a lot will remember fondly including oh. me oh. Oh. everybody the, can quote it
0: was it the, the moth covered uh, three
2: handled mo- cadenzas <laughs> which Satan ended up using in the WWF that name
1: is yeah, yeah. just wrong <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's just he flat just out wrong, wrong it, it's it's another glorious it's little piece from Chris Jericho. Saskatchewan <laughs> spinning crab <laughs> yeah. The Great Caesars Ghost. <laughs> I mean, I mean Jer- Jericho was, was on a roll at this point.
0: No, the best bit. Like arm bars is the bit everyone remembers, but it's just as it starts to fade as it's going commercial break, he's going, left handed punch. Right handed punch yeah, yeah. It's just like and then he cuts back and he's like magically about like fucking like four hundred holes in somehow in like space but of but
1: two it's minutes. Even, it's even when he's left the ring. <laughs> he's having to leave and he's carrying his roll of paper I still had 700 more moves yeah. to get through my <laughs> holds <laughs> yeah
0: but that was, that's the best thing it's not like an official document it's not like that fucking fax the paper, paper. Yeah. Yeah. computer
2: printout paper Booker T draws with Crispin Benoit once again on this show uh, to build up their match at Spring Stampede that's Kevin that's an intense match that is yeah that's Kevin Nash and Randy Savage beat Sting and Luger when the Disciple interferes. For
0: fuck's sake.
2: And in the main event, we get Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper in a fucking awful match, which does, of course, end in a disqualification. Uh, Kevin Nash shows up and accidentally hits Hogan, uh, which leads to an argument to close the show. So uh, head-to-head, the day after WrestleMania, everything that was going on on Raw, Raw does a 3.8 to Nitro's 4.2 so the gap has closed they're gaining Better they're gain gaining than... Sorry, what was although the... it's actually a similar rating to what they did two weeks ago if I'm not mistaken Raw so there's still traction but it's not blossomed immediately there is now talk about bringing back Ric Flair and reintroducing a new four horsemen with Arn Anderson as the spokesperson so even though he's off TV Flair there are plans for him to bring back the horsemen we'll see where that goes The WWF is close to signing three new wrestlers that will apparently be given a big push. I believe that two of them will be Steven Regal and John Tenter. Regal hasn't signed a contract, but has told people he's planning on starting here soon. John Tenter also hasn't signed, but is expected to be brought with a new characterisation and pushed with the idea of being a headliner. Yeah, so that works. Yeah. Rick Rude is seriously talking about paying off his Lloyd's of London permanent disability policy and returning to the ring. So I guess I wanted to jump in on the uh, money train that's going yeah. on right now, but it wouldn't end well for poor Rick, unfortunately.
0: Um, God, can you imagine if he if he was well enough to come back and didn't die, obviously? Yeah, that's a, that's a key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one. But yeah, would yeah, have I mean, Rude would have been so like. The attitude there would have been so catered for someone like Rude. Even what's Val like, gonna do? oh well, yeah, <laughs> I know, but like, but even though like Rude's original gimmick is very kind of cheesy at that time, like in the attitude era, I don't must... think I
3: think he would have passed in, at the time passed him by. To be honest, you think? I, I
1: think I, so. I, I'm not I'm not convinced the tra- the transitions there either. Plus, what's he
0: gonna do in the ring? You,
2: you couldn't do fuck all in '93, let alone five years mm-hmm. later. You know. Um, we moved to April 6th on Raw. The new and improved Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out in a <laughs> suit. And uh, Vincent Mann is so happy, smiling away, telling him to not go to the second rope to pose. He's, he's there with his little hat yeah, on. With and, his wrestling boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, where where, where we're are we're, the Gucci we're... shoes, Mr. Austin? Yeah. I couldn't fit in them, damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they're too tight. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to break them in. Austin. Yeah. He's <laughs> it, also got the great uh, bow down to Stone Cold, back slapping the nuts, which <laughs> that, was, was, good, was, was yeah. copied at my school very yeah. frequently. Afterwards.
0: That's, that's, that's always the best bit of of that whole angle is when he just bow down to Austin yeah. and he flicks him in the but nuts. But again,
2: what you were saying before about having the crowd in the palm of your hand—the second Austin raises his voice, "This is the absolute yeah. last time," and there's just the thunderous <laughs> roar. It's, it's
1: like, a, God, it, this guy's—he doesn't even really reached for the tie; as he <laughs> yeah. just grabbed the tie, and they're they're already erupting.
0: But there's just two moments during that whole thing which just make me laugh so much. It's just one as, as as Austin's obviously doing the whole whole strip down. It's just like and just. Vince's face as he kind of realized the horror that he's being played by Austin. And it's just hilarious because Austin doesn't have his knee pads on, yeah, so he pants. just looks like a bald guy in his pants, <laughs> just berating him, and then flicks him in the nuts. And as he's walking off of the crowd cheering him, Vince McMahon just keeled over holding <laughs> his nuts, just looking at the camera. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's just holding his dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's great
2: stuff. <laughs> also on this show, uh, Cactus Jack does a promo, yelling at the fans. Uh, how could you? you know, I was lying there. I gave you Cactus Jack, and then you chat for somebody else. And uh, it's going to be a long time before you see Cactus Jack in the ring again.
1: I didn't chant for someone else, Mick.
0: Well, yeah, this is this what well, I wanted I wanted to ask, that Colin, that's being both a, a Foley and an Austin fan. Did, did Foley have a point in this, that uh, the fans were being uh, callous, chanting for Austin while he was getting his head caved in?
1: Mick absolutely had a right to feel aggrieved that uh, <laughs> the full attention wasn't on him. However, that's not really Steve Austin's fault. <laughs> I
0: see.
2: <laughs> you know what? Though, the it's, it's a great tie into to like, one of these beautiful things. I mean, Honestly, the reality of it is, the condition to thinking that the babyface is going to run yeah. in when it's a four-on-one beat, down, so what, what, yeah. you, what do you want? You know, but uh, yeah, a great little, great little thread here to turn heel. And we'll see where this goes in a week. It, it, Is,
1: it, it goes back to that sort of the was it the Michael Hayes philosophy that he, that he told Foley years ago about that the heel always has to feel justified, always has to feel. Yeah. There's at least some shred of truth to what he's saying. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, that the new uh, nation, obviously led by the ruler of the Rock, beats up Farouk and Ken Shamrock throughout the course of this show. We get a match with Owen versus the Rock for the IC title when Owen has the match won, but China hits him with a baseball bat. Uh, Kane to continue the realistic that is the Brothers of Destruction smashes the parents tombstones and then sets them on fire uh, <sighs> yeah uh, the Generation X after a pretty interesting thing last week that's they, kind of useless on this show pissing on the DOA's bikes <laughs> which leads to the main event of DX vs DOA with an LOD run in oh, to end the show can't to see the freaking figures for this one to counter WCW Nitro opens with Savage laid out and put in an ambulance uh, Hogan arrives in his car later in the show and says he was caught in traffic and wasn't there when this happened Um, Goldberg beats Hammer on this show and it's just over-huge. I mean, his reactions are just... They're spiraling out of control, but he is... Probably the most over guy on the rock. If you just, yeah. just from the decibel level of the reactions, yeah. God, is he over? And I actually want to make mention now, the star of Goldberg's match. Obviously, Goldberg's great, but Heenan on commentary, the man, is awesome. He just, for all that, he never jokes around when Goldberg's in the ring. He puts him over huge. This guy could really be something one day. He's something now. He's just, he's fucking great. He, Heenan had it. Eddie Guerrero makes Chavo take his place against the Ultimo Dragon because he wants Chavo to make amends to Grandma as they would not allow her into the potluck club due to the fact that they do not admit Grandmas who are related to losers. Uh, this has to being Chavo uh, getting his ass kicked week
0: after week. He yeah, didn't even say they to Grandma. Yeah,
2: yeah, apologise to Grandma. I'm trying, mom. <laughs> uh, they advertise Ric Flair for Thunder this upcoming Thursday and say he has a statement about his career that fans cannot afford to miss. So uh, the return of Ric Flair coming this Thursday on Thunder.
1: I'm sure he'll be there.
2: <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? Uh, Kevin Nash came out on this show Looking mighty fried With his brain obviously Somewhere other than the interview As he babbled on About almost nothing He made a shoot comment While wearing a savage t-shirt But if he wears anyone else's shirt For too long They end up getting fired uh, The main event of this show Is Nash versus Sting For the WCW title And uh, the finish is Nash getting ready for the powerbomb When Hogan hits Sting With the bat for the DQ That was true Why didn't he wear a Hogan shirt
0: This was uh, when they did the build Where um, he comes out And he, he wants to match with Sting And then and, and uh, they got um, JJ Dillon out Yeah. And and things storms out and um and and he turns around and he says oh you want the match you you know you want the title match you got the title match and then he turns and this is where they 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 get rid of that whole power bomb uh, banning stipulation he says yeah bring the power bomb back and stuff yep, and so yep. hence why. Uh, you know Nash is going for it and so on yeah so uh, well, he never
1: stopped going for it anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: neither did anybody else uh, Nash
2: is obviously pissed that Hogan cost him the championship by attacking Sting that poor schlub who's just <laughs> holding the belt really at this point in time not really the champion uh, and jumps Hogan down to end the show there's a big scene obviously at the end trying to pry Nash and Hogan apart so again, teasing that, uh, teasing the dissension. Knighthood uh, is a 4.6 to Rose 4.4. 4. Ooh. Ooh! It's close, a huge jump from last week. Knighthood did a 5.8 quarter hour for Sting versus Nash, the highest head-to-head quarter hour in history and at the total head-to-head there was a combined 9.0, a record for the combined all for Raw and Nitro this night, and a-, a shred of a difference now between the ratings. Randy Savage's knee is in a real bad way. The belief is he will undergo surgery after Spring Stampede, and they'll find out at that point how severe the damage is, but he is going to work against Sting at the pay-per-view. Uh, another very surreal note here Ricky Steamboat has threatened the Ultimo Dragon with a lawsuit for using the name Dragon which Steamboat has trademarked for usage as a pro wrestler in the United States Uh, There was talk at some point here that they were going to change Ultimo Dragon's name because of this. Of course, we go now to the April 9th WCW Thunder, where, surprisingly, there was no Ric Flair. Uh, (laughs) Flair was advertised like crazy in the market, and fans were real unhappy about him not being there. The idea was for Flair to announce the formation of the new Four Horsemen, which was going to be Flair, Bill Goldberg, Lex Luger, and Kevin Green, with Arn Anderson as the mouthpiece. Green would have only been a short-term addition before replacing him with Dean Malenko. However, Flair had already made plans to go to Detroit the next morning where his nine-year-old son Reed was going to compete in the AAU Freestyle Wrestling Nationals. There were problems all week as Flair claimed he'd asked for the time off to accompany his son to the tournament a long time ago. It wasn't until Monday that he was given any kind of word he was expected at Thunder. Bischoff was livid and openly talking about either firing Flair, which would be irrational, or suspending him, which appears to be the most likely alternative.
0: Goldberg, Kevin Green, and Lex Luger.
1: But it, it's, it's an element of that sort of haphazard week to week booking finally catching oh. up with them, isn't it? You know, that, that lack of foresight, that lack of sort of strategy, if you like, is, um, is starting to bite them on the behind. I don't know, it's like he's. he's it <laughs> maybe, makes it's, sense. It's,
3: but maybe. But maybe, it's like he's gone so long, they don't use him. And the one week they want to bring you back on the <laughs> Thunder is one he's actually specifically asked for in advance. If they weren't so fucking disorganized, you could say there's a conspiracy there just to fuck with Flair. Yeah, yeah.
2: Honestly, like, that's how that's how I always think of it. That they, weeks off television. Oh, by the way, Flair you know that day. You asked what we need you that day.
1: Mm. It, it wouldn't surprise me, but th- by the same token, there is such a chaotic nature around the company. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that if it was the other way either. It's it, it's it's easy to believe either side because of because of the nature of the company at the time. Goldberg,
0: that's the one that gets me. It's like so Goldberg's getting hot. And and their and their pursu- uh, presumed plan, whether they think it was going to happen or not, was to put him immediately underneath Ric Flair. Well, the idea is to put him in the spotlight, but still protect
2: the public from seeing his weaknesses. Apparently,
1: it's no. I I don't think it's it's that. I don't agree with it, G. But I don't think it's that illogical. a thing, you know, think about the thought process this guy's getting over putting him in the horseman will give him the rub as well
2: let's put him with the biggest TV ratings draw we yeah. got yeah. to this point can you imagine Goldberg walking around holding four fingers up <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile you got Benoit I mean, with a I fucking mean, four I
0: mean, on his tights and he's
2: yeah. not going to be in
0: it I, I mean I guess, I guess at least he would have had on as a mouthpiece for him which exactly. would have been freaking great but it's just I don't know it's just a it's just a, a weird fit
2: Regal is officially signed with the WWF on April 9th he needs to drop weight and won't be put on television until he's in condition Regal is friends with Austin and he is being brought in for a programme with Stone Cold which means he needs to be in main event shape so uh he needs to be a man a real man's man Uh, over the weekend when ECW ran a house show in Philadelphia several WCW wrestlers including Chris Jericho Dean Malenko Eddie Guerrero Meng Scotty Riggs and Scott Hall all came to the show Malenko and Guerrero were making it clear to the wrestlers and others backstage that they wanted out of their WCW deals the remark that Bischoff made to Malenko back in February which we mentioned on the previous timeline about them not putting asses in the seats rubbed all of them the wrong way so uh, we've got unrest at the top of the card we've got unrest in the middle the Mexicans aren't happy they're being jobbed this is just a fucking marvellous place to work and meanwhile Bret Hart's just sitting there (laughs) with his thumb (laughs) up his arse pretty much and and flares at home uh, they debuted the Goldberg t-shirts over the weekend, which were big sellers everywhere. In Minneapolis alone, the Goldberg t-shirts accounted for 18% of total merchandise sold. I believe that Goldberg's contract should be just about due if he hasn't already re-signed, though he isn't looking to be going anywhere else. So uh, they've started to clock onto the fact that they can probably make some money off this Goldberg guy. Hulk Hogan was on Jay Leno on April 13th and never once mentioned WCW or Nitro, nor did he plug the pay-per-view show that's only six days away, nor for that matter anything to do with pro wrestling except in a passing reference to no longer playing the good guy, all of which raised a lot of eyebrows in WCW.
0: Which is fucking hilarious because if I remember right, they they actually plugged Leno on on Nitro. Yeah, they say, did. Saying that Hogan was going to be on. Hogan's not here. Conan tonight, mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, unfortunately, Hogan's not here tonight because he's on he's on Leno. So go and watch that because you'll see Hogan on Leno. <laughs> 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 yeah. Flick over to Hogan. <laughs> yeah.
2: There was also no Ric Flair at Nitro, despite the fact they'd made it Ric Flair Day in the town. Uh, yeah, for fuck's sake. to get ticket sales off well the deal is before Nitro Bischoff had a meeting with the wrestlers largely to get his side across to the boys over a real tense situation coming just a few weeks after the debacle that wound up with Sean Waltman needlessly becoming a free agent and signing with the WWF. Bischoff said that Flair's agreement was to appear at all live television tapings and if he ever needed a night off he was to contact Barry Bloom who would have to submit the request in writing with 10 days notice. Bischoff ran Flair down to an amazing degree in a meeting calling him a swerve artist and a bullshit artist and talked about a Bischoff-Flair angle that was planned for tonight's episode of Nitro and claimed that Flair was done with the company and that he would make an example out of him including a vow to sue him into bankruptcy
1: he doesn't need to sue him to get Rick Flair into bankruptcy
2: (laughs) he just needs to get married introduce him to another woman Mm -hmm. yeah uh, which takes us to April 13th an important night in wrestling history uh, Ed Leslie dropped Vonnie Piper in a hallway with probably the worst Stone Cold stunner in history says Dave Meltzer uh, Kevin Nash did an interview trying to get back at Piper for a line about he and Hogan being lovers uh, which I guess he didn't take too kindly to so he said some line about Piper being friends with George Michael that didn't get over because he fucked the lineup. up <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Kevin Nash versus Sting in a rematch from last week is the main event uh, with Bret Hart pulling the referee out the ring to screw Kevin Nash this time and uh, Bret Hart beats up the NWO B team to close
0: up the show. Uh, so, Sailing, so what what happened with the uh, the world heavyweight champion? The world the, heavyweight champion,
2: Sting. Oh, I don't know. He's kind of blending into the background, didn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah. No fucking cares. What a schlob Yeah. Probably the biggest story of this show live but never aired on television was the appearance of Jesse Ventura who's running for governor. Yeah. <laughs> Ventura was never mentioned on television although there were banners for him all over the place. He, mm. was all, were, <laughs> he was all over the building glad-handing people and there were loud chants for him throughout the show. There were apparently orders given and not followed up on to not let Jesse's camera crew in. Jesse was stealing the spotlight during every commercial break and was mm. apparently on the radio saying he might show up to beat up Hulk Hogan since <laughs> the two have tremendous heat in real life. And in the building several times he teased hitting the ring. <laughs> so Jesse, Jesse's the big story of this Nitro. I love Jesse. Over on Raw, however, uh, there's a show-long tease after Steve Austin challenges Vince McMahon to wrestle for the WWF Championship because... Oh, fuck me, what a great angle this is. All show-long, this is just absolutely perfect. Vince coming back in saying, Will I fight Stone Cold tonight? oh hell yeah (laughs) and the crowd just going ballistic this is just such a well done show and again it's that slow thing of the transformation of Vince being out of his depth and just again still not a caricature here he, he, he know, he's not trying to portray a tough guy even if he thinks he is in some kind of subtle way it's great stuff here we've got Patterson and Briscoe teaching them how to counter the Sterner yeah. backstage <laughs> it's just fucking great and of course we'll get to, to the end of this shortly hey well Briscoe is uh, used to uh,
0: teaching people uh, holds and uh, yeah stuff, in shoot know.
2: scenarios Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Farouk comes out and challenges the Nation of Domination and when they came out Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman come out to help Farouk and they had an impromptu brawl uh, which injured Ken Shamrock legit in the middle of it so uh, yeah, not too good Too Cold Scorpio debuts as Terry Funk's new tag team partner on this show and uh, wins with oh, a 450 yeah, which I, I love this at the time so, yes finally Flash Funk he's too cold and then they do absolutely nothing what with it. where really
3: was this where, what, what city was this in as well I want to say this was Philadelphia yeah I it was Philadelphia it was, were, yeah, there was massive ECW yeah it's
2: Philadelphia but uh, yeah so um, we also have Paul Bearer saying that Kane will fight The Undertaker next week in the parents graveyard so uh, they're continuing with that right. of course the main event let's talk about it it's Austin and Vince face to face one on one they drag this out gum guard <laughs> the fucking massage the one hand tied behind the back this is great. Oh God, yeah, the yeah. stalling is brilliant here. Austin just is, is just restless, wanting this to happen. Such a great tease, and at the end, Dude Love comes out for a very bizarre finish.
1: The only cat that can bring peace to the war zone. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, it, 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 it felt like a flat end to a great story, but uh, worked out well on the end. Was,
1: just, leave them wanting more.
3: <laughs> it was the transition to Dude Love as the next opponent. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, totally. Yeah. The, the, the character had no steam. The Foley things has okay gone down, and it's. It's all happening in one go, so people don't digest it. It doesn't feel like a right hot challenger on Austin's level. He's no, not at all. They, they want to see. They want to see him fight McMahon. Yeah, and you, they're giving you dude love but so. just,
2: isn't it just the fucking Vince McMahon after all these years of being associated with the company he's gonna have a match yeah. he's gonna have a fight with Stone Cold Steve Austin after months and months of this, this Austin McMahon dissension tease and everybody hating Vince's guts after Montreal it, it, it comes to a crescendo here until dude loves music hits
1: talk about the NWO and sort of the Civil War element to it they teased the tension the end of the NWO back in back in the spring of ninety seven. They'd done it, so it almost felt a little bit redundant by by this point. Whereas Austin Vince, it's been going on a little while, but still not that long. Man. So, you know, to to tease it and only get as far as as the Vince slap, I think he's just right because you're right, Kieran Foley as, as Dude Love needs a bit of reheating. He's, he's not he's not on the level of Austin, but. At least it's dare I say it's not someone ego maniacal like Shawn Michaels, where Foley can happily play the third wheel in, in this story, which is really about Austin and Vince. Yeah,
2: I can't complain about this too much though. Again, no, I just remember watching all. this at the time and just they were doing when they were doing the tease of Austin and Vince, I was so into this and I was like I remember just like, the, the more they stole it, the more it drew me in and like, I just vividly remember like literally being six inches from the TV when they were when they're about to about to lock up when Dude's music out, I was just say I just loved this. It sucked me in so much, and uh, and um, I wasn't the only one clearly.
1: Yeah, and uh, how did the ratings
2: do that yeah. week? Well, in the only thing what Michael Cole has ever said, the streak is over. <laughs> Raw does a 4.6. The Nitro's 4.3. <laughs> Foley
1: and Steve win the day.
2: <laughs> Raw's rating was the second highest in the history of the show, and the highest ever in a competitive situation. Raw broke not only its quarter-hour audience record, but the all-time competitive quarter-hour audience record for Austin versus Vince, which never took place, doing a 6.0. The timing of the WF heating up could not be worse for WCW, because starting on April 27th, Nitro's getting bounced around due to the NBA playoffs for four weeks, leaving Raw to build momentum and probably set ratings records unopposed. Raw finally wins a round here on April 13th.
0: it's well deserved
2: it's well deserved it's it's, it's a great piece of television long overdue yes very good Uh, the next day WCW filed a very real two million dollar lawsuit against Flair in Fulton County, Georgia uh, claiming a breach of contract and that his absences disrupted WCW's ability to introduce its planned storyline causing significant loss of
1: time money and effort by WCW effort? (laughs) and and at at this point you know It's all just really poor timing for Flair because he's effectively becoming the whipping boy for for Bischoff's frustrations.
2: Yeah. Flair never signed his three-year contract with WCW but did sign a legally binding document entering into negotiations with the intent to sign which would pay him $725,000 in 98 and 1999 and then 500 grand in the year 2000. Bischoff, as the week went on, apparently believed that Flair orchestrated all of this because he believes Flair is trying to find a way to go to the WWF. I bet he was. Word was given to the WCW website to remove all references to Flair, both current and historical. So they were going hardcore with this uh, wiping Flair from the company history. This whole thing, say, so, you know, if it wasn't a coincidence,
3: is it because there's so much discontent in the locker room, manufacturing, making an example out of Flair, yeah, just to put everyone in their place, we'll do this to Ric so, Flair? Yeah,
0: it, to it, it's, yeah of it's, it. it's a bit
1: of that sort of... Because obviously, he, for whatever reason, he, he can't do it, or is reluctant to do it to Nash... We know Hogan's his boy, so Hogan's safe. So, who's the who's a guy with enough credibility, at least within the locker room, that he can really you know put the nails to? It just so happens it's Flair, whilst at the same time, because whilst they whilst WWE is doing great business and we've you know we've seen how how well the pay per views have done and still you know it's not as if they're doing a you know it's not as if a, what was it four point three they did yeah it's not as if four point three is some sort of terrible number all, all of a sudden, but for Bischoff who has lived and died by the results that come in on that Tuesday morning from Nielsen. You know, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Is he looking Yeah, you know, it must have. Don't was, call me Shirley. Yeah, it must have just felt like his world had come crashing down around him. Can <laughs> you <laughs> imagine the reaction yeah. in WCW when that rating the came in? Hit in? The shit hitting the fan? H- Hogan was on Leno? Leno
2: that night. Hogan. What fortuitous timing, oh, Hogan.
1: Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure that might not manifest into something else. Yeah, unfortunately.
2: No. Uh, we go to that Sunday, April 19th. It's WCW Spring Stampede. 7,428 fans uh, for another sellout. And at a 0.7 byte for 198,000 buys. Uh, even working with a torn anterior cruciate ligament, Randy Savage carried Sting to his best pay-per-view match in recent memory and won the WCW World Title. So uh, Sting's title reign, we
0: hardly knew ye. <laughs> Kind of mentioned, you know, what they've been doing with the world champion, you know, because they've just completely underutilized Sting or just, di- or just didn't actually, you know, do anything with him at all. So it, it, I, I think they actually made the right move uh, by putting the the belt on Savage. They can maybe kind of uh, rectify their problems that they made with the, with this belt, and oh. uh, hopefully Savage can get a a really longer uh, title oh, reign. Has he got a knee injury. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's alright. He's got a knee brace on, but I'm hoping now that he's won the belt, that surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I thought I'd miss her No, it, no it's fine because Savage is going to have a long title reign Also on this show, uh, Raven wins the United States Championship
2: in a good brawl with DDP. Uh, Not quite as good as the Uncensored Match. Crowd doesn't really get with this one as much as uh, the previous month. Uh, Hogan and Nash versus the Giant and Roddy Piper is uh, the big match on the undercard. Hogan accidentally hits Nash with a baseball bat and then hits him again on purpose after the match. Of course, Hogan and Nash win after interference from The Disciple once again. Oh, for God's sake. Who's
0: all over the place here. He's a fart in the left ears
2: <laughs> not, not, not a bad show overall Again, Benoit-Bukarty is a good match Yeah, come yeah. on, get to it Which one are you going to say? Go on, Goldberg Oh, Goldberg come and Saturn? Yeah, Goldberg
0: and Yeah, it's the, pop, it's the opening match, like the pop he gets in the oh, first match, and like satin kind of goes back and forth a little bit with him. Sand's good in this match as well, uh, but obviously Goldberg this, just like lays him out.
2: There's, there's, there's yeah, there's, there's one point in here when they fuck up oh, yeah. an Irish whip and a drop kick that just looks absolutely first day of wrestling school bad. <laughs> yeah, we move to the next night on Raw, April twentieth, and we start with the Love Shack. Dude loves new interview segment with Vincent Mann A uh, man yelled at Dude for interfering in his match last week and fined him five thousand dollars, a hefty. Fine here. Um, Sable did not interview saying that she doesn't care if she gets all her clothes ripped off at Unforgiven as long as she gets hold of Luna. So uh, yeah, well, what, I wonder what they're selling here at Unforgiven. <laughs> uh, Triple H vows to give the crowd a golden shower throughout this show, and then ends up spraying them with a water pistol.
0: Yeah. Now what a hoot.
2: Kane and Paul Bearer come out with caskets and they set the casket of the Undertaker's dad on fire. Jesus. The Undertaker comes out for the save but Kane chokeslams him into the mother's casket and they
0: show close-ups of rotted out bones and worms all over the place. Uh, yeah so that's... they go to like a wholesaler's for like the fucking um, gasoline or something it's obsessed with fire at the moment it's Kane's gimmick
2: man Keep it's, 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 it's a... obsessed with it yeah
0: well, they'll build an inferno match
2: so. That, exactly just... so it's fire all
1: over the place pokey bullshit <laughs>
2: the main event on this show is do love beating Steve Blackman with the Montreal screwjob finish Vince is at ringside it's an abdominal stretch and all of a sudden the bell rings <laughs> abdominal I know, stretch I know all the moves. I know it's great and, uh, and that's the end of the match so uh, uh, although there was a great moment after Steve Batman does like a karate takedown on the timekeeper Mark Yeaton and just fucking eats it on the floor so yeah that's, that's what they, uh, they offer up on Raw this week over on Nitro a big show Randy Savage introduces Kevin Nash as the new leader of the New World Order uh, after the yesterday's uh, split at Spring Stampede that's the world champion by the way yes Randy Savage introducing Nash as the new leader of the NWO Goldberg beats Raven for the United States oh. Championship in a fucking cracking bit of television
1: which they they tease throughout the show with Ray, raven's promos about how he will not be Mr 75 and O and yeah and obviously the the, the tease of, of raven leaving through the crowd which he, he'd done on previous Nitro's only to have the uh the quote unquote "fans" <laughs> dump him back in which got a huge mm. huge eruption from the from the crowd cuz they you know they, they and you can picture can't you a WCW fan base in oh here we go another screwy bullshit finish that we're going to get because we the WCW serving because we get them every week but no, not this no. time. And they go apoplectic for it. Yeah. You know, Goldberg spears him. Jackhammer on the sign. In the space of about three or four weeks, Goldberg's completely killed the flock.
0: <laughs> it, it's everything about it. It's the fact that they they have all the little details, like they have Michael Buffer do the introductions, yeah, yeah. which they usually usually only ever did for like main events, but they did it for this U.S. title match. And and you get the whole kind of Goldberg act. Uh, as he comes out and, and, it's just, and, and it's just and it's awesome. big fight and like Raven I think Raven's really great in this and like you know he, go, he goes towards Goldberg you know he's, he's doing the attacking they get to the outside Goldberg first does that Irish whip on Raven and he goes flying into the rails and he's like selling like hell like he's a spasming all over the place the crowd going apeshit because it's like You know, the hardcore guy, the Ravens rules guy, and Goldberg's just going to fucking eat him alive. And it just goes over and over, and it goes back and forth, like, I think really well and quite realistically as well. Because Ravens, like, as I said, Ravens' really good in this. When he hits that spear, the first one, that place
2: explodes blows yeah. like nothing you'll ever see. It's amazing. It's, and that's when everybody hits yeah. the
0: ring. He's taken them all down. He's thrown like he's just dead rate throws like Kidman over his head, over the oh, rope. Kid, and everything. Kidman eats it. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he just he just he fucking kills everyone, even like the big guy, what is his fucking name? Reese. Reese. Jack Hammers him. Goldberg obviously did his part like absolutely brilliantly. Raven, I thought, was fantastic. Um the, I think the general booking of the match, like whoever set it up.
2: From begin, begin to
0: end, I thought it was fantastic.
2: Raven is great at laying out matters like this when he's yeah. in there with a, a somewhat limited guy and he uses all the bells yeah. and Whistles. This that's actually kind of Raven's perfect element to me. Yeah. Is, is when he does stuff like that, and this is Superboy, perfect actually. example. And Goldberg's just man, what a, what a fucking rocket he's on. He's just yeah. and, he, and he's living up to it too. The cards going mental. Well, it's like it means something as well because like, obviously he's doing his squashes and he's, everyone knows you know, the
3: gimmick, but like now he's he's actually doing it against someone in a situation that matters and he's killing all these fools yeah he's and doing the like, same thing to the stars Yeah, he yeah exactly. to Barry Dark oh shit he's legit yeah.
2: again this is the reaction to losing the ratings the previous week not only do we get the US title change here with Goldberg getting the belt we also get the world title on the line Hulk Hogan beating Randy Savage what for, <laughs> for fuck's sake <laughs> for the WCW title after the disciple laid out Randy Savage <laughs> uh, well the disciple lays out Savage Nash um. lays out Hogan and then Bret Hart attacks Kevin Nash and puts Hogan on top of Savage for the win so uh, Hart turns heel here and sides with Hulk Hogan
0: Liam why okay well here we go the storyline
2: is that Hart is going heel but will be involved in a long term programme against Hogan the deal is that the deal is that Hart is obsessed with winning the title from Hogan but can't do so unless Hogan is the champion so he's going to make sure Hogan keeps the title until he gets the shot at him of course Hogan will continually refuse to wrestle him now of course you find viewers of WCW Nitro and our fantastic loyal listeners will probably recall the time that Bret Hart cost Hulk Hogan the WCW title in his debut at, a, at Stargate 97. So don't think about it too much.
0: It's, it's just... Not to mention the
2: several times Bret Hart has interfered against the NWO during
0: it's, it's this entire it's like, period. It's like Hogan slapping his dick in my face. It's just, it's just like they they, 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 they they fuck over the Sting title reign. <laughs> then they hand it over to Savage, right? Because which kind of makes sense because the whole the whole like concentration is on the NWO, so they might as well put the Will title there. And then it's just, he fucking loses like yeah. in twenty four hours. But to where's Hogan. the concentration yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, it it's goes Hogan. to Hogan. But that's the thing; it goes right back to fucking Hogan again.
1: But you had to do it, G, because Hogan wasn't on the show last week and they lost. Exactly, Hogan wasn't there and they lost. There you go. So they've got to do something. They've got to hammer this point on They've got to get the big guy back in. <laughs> back on top spot to bring home the bacon to bring in the fans to bring that money into the company and for all intents and yeah. purposes as far as Bret Hart's concerned he's effectively just yeah. another guy
0: yeah I think you're right there's definitely,
3: there's
1: definitely some
0: porking going on around Hogan I'm going to drop a logic <laughs> oh no it's been a while you can't not with this
3: Bret Hart debuts in Hulk Hogan and does absolutely nothing for months so he thinks I need to make it Statement. I need to make a name for myself. I need to change where I'm going in
2: this company. And he comes up with a new plan. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about what Bret Hart's explanation is uh, the following week. Just to talk about what we're talking about there with uh, Hogan bringing home the bacon... Nitro does a 5.1 to Raw's 4.4. The finish of the Hogan Savage match did a 6.5 head-to-head. The ratings show the total wrestling audience, which set another record at a combined 9.5, is switching back and forth between shows in larger numbers than ever before. And it's the flavor of the week that will determine who wins. Hogan is not there the day they lose. He comes back and wins the title, and they regain the lead. 5.1.
0: God damn it, people! What are you doing? He's, per- yeah,
2: perception he's, is king.
0: Yeah, and you give us
2: two title matches as well. So mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Uh, this week also showed that Goldberg is a money player. He'd received the biggest pops nearly every night for weeks, but his matches had to this point resulted in no significant ratings change, although his amazing merchandise sales, which began just one week ago, was already proof. But his match, in what is traditionally the death spot for WCW, which is obviously the, the fir- when Raw dick comes on, the end of the first hour, mm. drew a 5.7 against the 3.7 rating for Vincent Mann in the Love Shack. The moral of the story is clear. What is hot this week is now passe by next week. The business has never been moving faster and it's the public, voting with their television clickers, that is moving the angles at record speed. The company that stays with the pat hand for too long is going to play catch-up very quickly. And an ominous line.
3: Oh,
1: that almost <laughs> sounds like it's foreshadowing something. Yeah, but at the same time,
3: I mean, it's like, okay, you go, so you go to the once the first time ever Vince Austin tees, okay, fine, and then next week you've got WCW hot shot in two title switches. Hmm. That, against Dude and Blackman. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's. Just, I think that's common sense. It's not over reading the audience's attention span or anything. If, if you're hopshotting stuff, it's, that's going to happen.
1: They're that desperate. That one week has sent them into such a panic, whereas at least, you know, Vince and the WF, they're keeping their pair to dry. Yeah,
0: they've got a pay-per-view to sell. They've got a
1: pay-per-view to sell. Otherwise, why the hell else you're gonna put Steve Blackman in the main event? You know? <laughs> Come on, people.
2: <laughs> Davey Boy Smith was booked to put Scott Norton over clean on Nitro and refused, so the match never took place. So uh, there's Bulldog out of place even further, jobbing to Scott Norton and then refusing. I agree with him on that one. Yeah? yeah. Uh, we move to April 22nd on Thunder, where Marcus Bagwell suffers four crushed vertebrae from oh. a blown Rick Steiner bulldog. Oh. Pretty much holding up the show, and obviously this will, will tie in later on to the, the Nitro stuff, which is why I want to mention it, but uh, I do want to mention Bagwell very briefly here, yeah. because as, as much as, as as Bagwell is maligned, and rightly so, in doing this timeline, I want to say right <laughs> yeah. now, yeah. I think Bagwell, as, an, as a mid-card heel, is absolutely fine, and it isn't yeah. until this neck injury when he comes back and just sucks for years... That he that he yeah. gets the reputation that he deserves, but that that ninety seven yeah. and say Honestly, on these nitros just he's watching, hilarious. just watching him come out doing his little fucking shitty grin
0: <laughs> and his little pose.
2: He's fine, and he can bump, and he's yeah. he's, he's
0: good. I, I agree with you. yeah. Once he comes back, he, he's just atrocious. Uh, he's not the stuff. But um, <laughs> but but like before that, and, uh, yeah, he's an entertaining douchebag heel act we didn't mention and- <laughs> at Spring
2: Stampede <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they did the match it's supposed to be Steiner and Buff against Rick and Lex Luger and it's funny to see Scott got being playing second banana to buff yeah. Bagwell by the way at this point <laughs> but Bagwell comes out trying to dodge the match with a cast on his hand it's not a cast it's, it's, it's Papi mâché. it's like the worst thing ever he's, he's got his entire wrestling gear on and, it, <laughs> and his wrists taped underneath the cast and he comes out with I don't even know how to describe it it looks like a roll of toilet paper taped onto his hand <laughs> and they just you know they try and they try and get out of the match and then it all goes you know tits him. it's just funny to see this it's awful it's, yeah. thing
0: Buff Bagwell's face as he gets rused as he grabs JJ in and bite the injured hand he's yeah. <laughs> like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, it's laughs> He's sh- figured me out he's
2: <laughs> sh- got Scott and throwing little paddy in the ring
0: <laughs> he's good I like him he's enjoyable
2: April 24th, Access Hollywood does a piece on Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he is, uh, he's getting out into the mainstream now. This Stone Cold Steve Austin guy is getting some traction. We move to April 26th, WWF Unforgiven on pay-per-view. 21,427 fans sell out the building. A 1.1 buy rate for 325,000 buys. Hell of a number for, a, uh, for Austin versus Dude. There's a We Want Flair chant here in Greensboro on the WWF show. Uh, say so, uh, so we'll gets a huge bop coming out causing Jim Ross to say, you think Ric Flair just walked out. Which is a, a funny little dig. Uh, of course, the big story on this show is Jeff Jarrett's concert with Sawyer Brown. <laughs> uh, we well, get a, he, he, ain't,
1: he ain't first class.
2: We get a non-finish in the main event with Austin and Dude Love when Vince takes a chair shot to the head. Uh, which is just fantastic to see Vince get involved in this to this degree. We get the Inferno match, obviously with Kane waddling around with his arm on fire. Um, we get Owen Hart losing again to Triple H, so the uh, the Rocket looking, has looked better here. Dude takes a hell of a hip toss off the uh, off the stage. Oh,
1: that's painful to watch. Yeah, that's it's painful to watch. But um, you know, it sort of it keeps keeps the wheels moving, if you like. It's you know, yes, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a non finish, but we know it's a, no, a non finish for a purpose because they want to come back to this match. The terrible bore that is the Inferno match. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my God. It
2: does lead to the turn of Vader, though. Vader appears after uh, two months away.
1: He gets a nice little pop as well. He
2: does, yeah. Uh, WCW is a major disadvantage until late major to the NBA playoffs. The time slot for WCW Nitro isn't even confirmed for next week's show. Here's an interesting note. Hulk Hogan proposed that Sting turn heel this past week. Oh. Since Hogan figures he needs a top guy to do tag matches against Hall, Nash and Savage, Sting refused. He probably didn't want to make the switch because it will kill his merchandise sales, although the marketing of the Goldberg stuff has resulted in that happening anyway. Uh, interesting that the first full week of Goldberg merchandise, the Goldberg merch has already become the big seller, but the actual average per head is way down. For whatever reason, the Sting and NWO merchandise has plummeted in recent
1: weeks. Oh, I wonder fucking why it's strange on that I, I can't really see correlations to why Sting's merchandise might go down there.
0: <laughs> he's building but, books so well is, Hogan is, is and Sting as a
1: team after two years of warring yeah. you, you've, you've got on, what, sake, on, what, Terry. on one level you've got that which you you, know, you insult the fans enough on a weekly basis at this point anyway you really would be sort of you know, just pissing in their faces by, by, <laughs> by, 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 by doing that a real
2: Austin and Vince shaking hands yeah. moment there yeah.
1: but then also why Sting is the tag team part why not Brett Hart who's just helped him win the WCW title it's almost as if he wants to make sure that there's no focus on Brett or make sure that Brett doesn't gain any traction
2: interesting Whoa, theory well, Carl, I think Kieran so. that
1: might be one for your corner huh
2: marcus bagwell underwent lengthy neck and spinal surgery on april twenty seventh to fuse the c three and c four vertebrae together and also the c five and c six vertebrae together he had serious complications later that evening coming out of surgery with his oesophagus which led to his blood pressure dropping drastically and him being in danger of going into a life threatening coma So uh, this uh, nearly ended up in absolute tragedy here for uh, Buff Bagwell. Um, Savage has decided against having the knee surgery. The company doctor has said he's risking a situation where he may walk with a limp for the rest of his life. Uh, April 27th, on Raw, an unopposed Raw, because again there's the NBA playoffs, sees Owen Hart turning heel, joining the nation, and uh, heel kicking Ken Shamrock, and injuring him after he'd actually been hurt the previous week. So I think he pulmonised him actually is what happened here But yeah, Owen is a heel had to, They had to do it because They've pretty much given up on him as a baby face so.
1: yeah, yeah, Owen is just a, a much more natural heel But it, that, that strange fit of yeah. Owen in the nation I suppose a deliberate attempt to, to get away from the, from the racial mm. element to the group they, they do sort of move away from it now and Having Owen in there is obviously sort of a, a real uh, not so subtle way of doing that But, but it was the black heart yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Touché Also on this Raw, as we mentioned before This was uh, in the same area as WCW at the Norfolk yeah. Scope This is of course the DX WCW Invasion mm. skit That is uh, one of the ten things WF likes to talk about Whenever the Monday Night War comes up the, the, There's the tank, there's the skits There's the illegally digitising <laughs> free tickets on the screen Which is bullshit from the WWF and uh, yeah this has been talked about so much by the WBF but I, I kind of want to take a chance to kind of talk about how while this was again interesting at least because again it's, it's the two sides knocking each other and, and, and it's the kind of biting back I wasn't a big fan of this I like watching it it's like
3: oh wow is something going to happen because yeah, you know, we, yeah. we're getting all this crazy shit happening now maybe we actually what? and then nothing happens yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: much it the, the one bit that I found most interesting in that was, wasn't so much digitised stuff or even the Knocking on the on the uh, the metal uh, the uh, metal door, asking to be let in. Like the the bit that I think was sort of most interesting and would have had Bischoff throwing more of a fit really was them going out into the, the crowd with the megaphone for the fans that paid to be there and getting them to say WCW sucks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> if the tickets were free, wouldn't they just go and get some, getting that way? Yeah, yeah. Did you think about that, assholes? Yeah. yeah. And also, it's like, what's the hook that they might turn up on WCW TV?
2: Let's watch Nitro to see if they do. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah I. This is just one of those things gets gets blown way out of proportion with yeah, the WWE yeah.
1: yeah, you, you think yeah. it's almost been romanticised because it involves a uh, it, a certain individual.
2: It's, it's like they were so proud of the fact they actually did this. That they want everybody else to be as proud of it as they are. The main event of this show is Steve Austin versus Goldust, uh, with Vince trying to fuck Austin out of the belt here. It's great Vince Perry talking about how Goldust, who's yeah, the guy's been you know, the weirdest captain in the world, he would be a better champion than Steve Austin <laughs> yeah. at this point. Uh, it ends with Vince accidentally hitting Briscoe with the title belt, which is just hilarious. And again, no pinfall, the music just plays, and that's the finish of the match as Austin's in the ring. Again, Red Hot Crown for this match, though, and, and Austin. Again, it's just, just a mountain of heat here for Stone Cold. Of course, and like we said, Nitro was unopposed, they only get one hour at uh, 12.30 in the morning here for their show. Nash and Savage do a promo where they said they're forming their own group called The Wolf Pack and introduce Conan as the third member and said there were more to come.
0: So uh, K-Dog! <laughs> yeah, this little bit was actually quite funny when I we was watching this back, because uh, this is the general audience reactions, my general reaction to Conan. Uh, as I said, they do the introduction saying they are going to do the wolf pack now this is what the new group is so the first member of the wolf pack is Macho Man Randy Savage gets a nice pop from the crowd and goes, and now we're going to introduce you to the other defector and Conan comes out to some mild smattering of (laughs) booze and general indifference (laughs) (laughs) as he starts doing it he tries Arriba
2: la raza! (laughs)
0: <laughs> he just cuts his promo as everyone's just looking at these three guys and going one of these don't fit
1: <laughs> yeah but regrettably G it wouldn't stay that way with no, Conan no, he, no.
2: He, he would get over to his credit he, he yeah. got all those catchphrases yeah. over
0: is this the last uh, the last show of uh, of April it is because there is something on here and it's superb at the very start of the show <laughs> at the very start of the show it's the Nitro so Girls come. so randomly it's just brilliant it had us creasing so in laughter Just have the nitro girls come out To introduce everybody to the show Like they usually do And they're playing around with fucking skipping ropes It's all very fun And then just in the (laughs) middle of it out of nowhere we haven't seen him for weeks <laughs> that's that Alex Wright that's wasn't <laughs> the
1: <laughs> kid hold haven't, Such... haven't seen him for weeks I haven't seen him for years <laughs> he
0: just starts struts out start doing the same dance from 95 and he's just dancing with the lucky women <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and so it gets better as the
2: security comes up and takes him away
0: <laughs> and he's still dancing <laughs> they're pushing into the back and he's still dancing and he just looks like that twat in the club he's dancing with the girls is fucking brilliant
2: <laughs> 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 yeah great forgotten bit of uh, wrestling oh, history uh, the main event of this one hour night was Bret Hart coming out for a promo as uh, Gene Oakland is asking why Bret why and Bret says he will explain <laughs> it all when he goes face to face with Hulk Hogan of course actually his, his explanation as it starts is along the lines of what you said Kieran he came in he made the big difference and then he's on the back burner so now he's hatched a new class it's pretty much exactly what Bret said so your logic bomb was in fact shared by the hitman
1: himself. It's all building to that first pay-per-view in Canada, right? Yes,
2: which is coming at some point soon. Raw sets its all-time record with a 5.7, breaking the old Raw rating by more than one full point. It was the single most-watched pro wrestling show in the history of cable television, with Austin vs. Goldust doing a 6.0 rating, tying the uh, Vince Austin stuff from... Uh, which, well, of course, that was a pose, so that's even more impressive. But uh, Nitro, in its one-hour slot at half-past midnight, does a 1.7. <laughs> wow. What, what do you want you know
1: yeah.
2: the next day a top executive from the WWF called another one from WCW and basically tried to apologise over the DX incident claiming it wasn't done to make WCW look bad <clears throat> the next night Tuesday uh, April 28th Nitro gets two hours the main event is Sting Giant and Lex Luger beating the NWO team of Scott Steiner Brian Adams <laughs> and Conan who had just joined the Wolfpack the night before. The big guns. Yeah, Conan had just left the fucking group and he's teamed with these guys with no problems whatsoever until Brian Adams walks out on Steiner and Conan at the end of the match. Just as Bret Hart's about to tell Hulk Hogan why he made sure he won the title, Randy Savage comes out and attacks Bret Hart so we never get Bret's explanation. Uh, this led to Hogan Hart and Ed Leslie destroying Savage as the show goes off the air. The Tuesday Nitro did a 2.28 rating, which uh, contrasts that with... Raw doing a Tuesday Raw earlier in this, uh, this period doing a 4.4 and yeah it was probably fucking advertise. It's, it's all I was gonna, in the organisation of it absolutely so uh, not necessarily an indictment on the product itself uh, Davey Boy Smith is apparently done with WCW after refusing, that to, after refusing to put Scott Norton over last week he no-showed this week's Nitro so, a long uh, time in
1: dog ears though <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh, that wraps us up for the notes for March and April in the Monday Night War timeline an absolutely fascinating two months so much incredible stuff going on back and forth the landscape has changed completely from where we were at the start of this podcast and uh, I would like your thoughts gentlemen uh, reviewing this, this this was a very fun two months to go back and look back on the, the, the bad timing of, of the NBA playoffs is actually something I didn't really realise before but man it's, that's a big deal
1: it's not as if WCW is in the crapper or anything That you know, both companies together are doing monster numbers on a, on a weekly basis they seem to be breaking new records but the worm has definitely turned and we're at the point now where it seems that uh, Steve Austin hasn't so much gained traction as Steve Austin could pop a rating with a turd
0: <laughs> I uh, I think uh, watching um, this time period back it, it comes uh, quite evident to me that I think this is probably the most uh, important or maybe at least influential months in the timeline so far we're starting to see a very clear picture of what's happening with these companies. WCW, they're they're not necessarily regressing; they haven't gone in reverse or anything like that. They just kind of like you know they've just they just pulled up to the side of the road and you know their check engine lights on, so they just want to make sure everything's okay. But but WF's after the races, and and they got rid of their roadblocks, and I think that's the reason why they were able to. They they got rid of obviously primarily Shawn Michaels at, at WrestleMania, but also Bret Hart as well, because whilst 97's uh, TV was entertaining. From a, a backstage standpoint, it was obviously very kind of quite poisonous with those two uh, egos, like, batting around. And, like, once you kind of get those two egos out of the way, it it really kind of freed up WWF in terms of their creative direction, you know. And and it's not just with Austin, not just like the fact that they now had nothing to stop them from going all the way of Austin, even though, obviously, they were going with that while Shawn Michaels was around anyway. The absence of Shawn as you could see immediately from the from the show after wrestlemania had a knock-on effect it helped uh it helped uh, create uh, positions open for people like the rock to get I elevated for 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 mick foley to get elevated as well because foley at wrestlemania is wrestling for the tag titles but by the end of the year he's world champion uh, even, even triple h as well to an extent by him taking over dx and creating the babyface faction Shawn michaels leaving it did kind of benefit the company that it was able to open up gaps to create a forward direction On the other side of things WCW have just found their roadblock the Basically what, at the end of the day When you look at this kind of time period What makes uh, the difference between Why the WWF succeeded and WCW didn't Was that WWF were able to get rid of their roadblocks To succeed But WCW couldn't
3: All right, Now I'm going to tell you why you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> How dare you Although you've got a point obviously, Sean being out of the way Gives an opportunity for new guys to rise the turning point of Austin becoming the champion, it signified the new direction the company went balls out in. It wasn't nothing to do with giving the opportunity for other guys to rise. If you if Sean okay, if Sean could behave, behave and be you know, managed how you wanted to use him, he'd be an absolute asset to that paper-thin roster still but the point is what changed was the direction we're talking about all the, the the depth of wcw was their major in terms of star power calling card and what we're getting now is the couple wwf going balls out with this the attitude direction and as we're going to see over the coming months it enables these mid-carders and low lower card guys to actually get something about them which Gets them over, so the whole show overall is a different feel and direction going forward. Yeah. It's obviously it's spearheaded by Austin and Vince. It's like we see the, the the day after WrestleMania, they're still behind, but what changes it all around? What puts the whole cycle going is the tease of Austin and McMahon. So this is that's the real that's the that's the spearhead, and underneath that you have got the new direction of the company, which is it's edgy and it's appealing, and it's you know the lower card is actually giving you a reason. You know, there's not stars there yet, but it's actually. It's it's fun and it's different to anything anyone's seen before and it's giving people a reason to watch that, that the rest of the show as well. On the other side, I don't have a problem you know, but we, I think we all acknowledge that the NWO had to split. That was the direction they needed to go after after Starcade. They didn't do it right and yeah, you're right, the Hogan the Hogan thing is always gonna be the biggest stomach block and roadblock for that that company. But just to say that uh, Sean being out of the way is just kind of naive I think,
2: really. <laughs> well this is yeah. the thing though just just to tie this all together into a nice little package hopefully the thing with Hogan being the roadblock again I, I do want to stress if you're looking at the numbers that Bischoff's looking at that's not obvious yet H- Hogan being the champion and getting that belt back we, you know, recovered them from the one week loss every time Hogan's there things are going better his quarter hour ratings when he wrestles in main events do extraordinarily well It's It's you would. It's, to me it, as much as, as a viewer I think it's very obvious as a viewer, much more of Hogan is going to be a problem. And the thing is, I don't think it's so much of an issue here. But we're going to get to in the next episode of the timeline if we get to May and June, we're going to see how things play out when it comes to the Hawker and being the top guy and not getting out of the way when he fucking should. Because it's, to me, it's more evident coming up than it is right now. Right now, I think Bischoff is fairly justified in his opinion.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, as I said, this is coming, you know, this is right now, this is just the start of it. This is the Absolutely. start of the of the, of the, of, of the Austin era, the Attitude era, and those problems have been bubbling under of WCW Will come to bear some stinky
0: rotten fruit
2: in, in the months to come <laughs> and we will get to that in the next episode of the timeline but next week I just want to re-emphasize we're going to be doing the first part of our series our wrestling room 101 uh, your suggestions throw them to us on the forums throw it to us on facebook your nomination for a, a, a wrestler from a certain period of time whatever whoever that you want to go into room 101 uh, a vault and never be seen again so we will get to that one next week I want to thank everybody for listening for
0: G John Chase no Leslie running at the end of this show for Carl
1: Jones
0: and for Kevin
3: O'Rourke I to give a shout out to a loyal listener Johnny Cumdick who I'll be chilling with this Saturday and Friday Be real Johnny <laughs>
2: what the fuck I am Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here talk to you next week you don't know you better the that you don't want coming with them you never walking out again your back on we